When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Big sales! Dude, it's Friday. It's supposed to be the NFL offseason. Why do I feel like I'm in the middle of the year with the NFL? Front page, baby. National Football League is front page. The NBA is like page three. The NHL is like page five, and the Flyers are like in the classifieds. (laughs) And you know why they're in the classifieds? Dear Philadelphia sports fans, if you would like to buy my tickets, the next time the Rangers come down, here, I'll give them to you for a cannoli in South Philly. Holy cow. Of all the cities, I thought that would never surrender to another opposing team's fan base. Philadelphia, you now join the cities like Los Angeles. That Flyers organization, poor Ed Snyder must be looking down going, what have you done? Unreal. That's all the time I'm spending on the NHL and the Flyers. I love torch, you know that, but man, not good. Not good. All right. Let me throw this out at you, too. I love the combines. The combines, my wife and I were watching the combines. Do you know that 18 million people are going to watch the NFL combines this week? Let that sit in. 18 million people. Nearly 29 million people will watch the NFL draft in April. What does that tell you? The NFL is king in content. Well, Big Sills is king in content, but you know what I mean, right? Man, the league has cornered the market. They've totally cornered the market on frozen orange juice. Bad reference. Get it. The Combines, I mean, look, Nolan Smith is now a superstar. By the way, I do like Dan Campbell, the head coach of the Lions, and what he says, though. The dude starts barking. He goes, guys running around in pajamas doesn't impress me. (laughs) Hey, hey, and he's right. You know where he got that line from? He got that from my boy Chris Spielman. Because that's what Chris Spielman looks at. He goes, guys are running around in their pajamas. Is that supposed to impress me? Wow, did you see that guy run a 40? I don't know, man. Running 40s? Is he a good football player? Do you think there was anybody better than me when it comes to being a combine freak? 55 on the 225 bench. 481 at 292. 
27 vertical. Take it from big sales. You got to put that tape out there. You got to be productive. Show me production. Can you play? Right? Oh, and by the way, Lord, please let Jalen Carter slide down to 10. But Sills, he's involved in something with the police. And if the NFL has him at the combines, let me ask you this. If the NFL thought that Jalen Carter, the defensive lineman from Georgia, was a cancer, do you think they would have invited him back to the combines? Don't you think teams were calling his agent going, get that kid's ass back up here. He just posted a $4,000 bail. I don't give a shit. Get his ass back up to Indianapolis. He probably was just going to sit back and let The teams want to talk to him. You think anybody wants to see Jalen Carter run a 40? No. You think anybody wants to see him run shuttle drills? No. They want to talk to him. Kid, I want to know why your decision-making got you here. And like I said the other day, and I've been saying it all week, if I'm good with his decision-making, don't let that kid fall to 10. Because then Howie's in the building again doing this. Come on. Who wants a 10th pick? And if my three DBs and corners are sitting where they might be right there between 10 and 14, hey, man, come on in. I slide down, get Gonzalez, Porter, or Witherspoon, the guy I really want. And I may get another first-round pick. How you doing? Or I may do a cheese ball move and give CJ a $14.4 million sign, shift his ass over the corner, and then get the Bama kid who plays safety. You know Bama has two guys in the top 10 defensive players, and they were both their safeties. How's that for you? Both safeties are ranked in the top 10 best defensive players. We got the rankings here. Woo! The other comment. Darius Slay, this is a message to all the Eagle guys. Darius Slay, shut your face. James Bradbury, shut your hole. Every Eagle that's in the Care Center, stop responding to Juju Smith, nobody. Putting, I couldn't understand the video. It was the dumbest, dorkiest thing I've ever seen since Napoleon Dynamite. I couldn't figure the damn thing out. I'm like, swing sets and what? It's really dopey. This kid should be in the CFL. Juju Smith-Schuster, 900 yards in that offense last year. Hoss, honestly, I mean, you were a non-factor. The quarterback is the deal. 15, not you. You're a nobody. Shut your hole. But then what you get is you get Darius Slay barking back. Well, we didn't really play that bad. Yeah, you did, guy. Yeah, you did. Second half, Patrick Mahomes was 90%, and the only reason he wasn't 100% was because he had a throwaway. Come on, dude. They were scoring at will on you. They figured you out. They confused you. You played like shit. For that matter, too, Darius Slay, you didn't really play all that hot from Minnesota on. You're making it sound like you were spectacular. You were not. The other guy on the other side actually had a more consistent ear in James Bradbury. And for the record, the best DB was CJ. 
Not you. Juju Smith, nobody. Is putting videos out. It'd be one thing, right? If Devontae Adams is putting that out, you're like, man, you know, or Justin Jefferson. Juju Smith, nobody. Is, is dogging the Eagle guys. Here, how about this? You put Juju Smith nobody with Carson Wentz. How you doing? <laughs> I mean, come on, dude. But it looks it looks stupid with Slay talking. Dude, you're gonna make 18 million dollars this coming year with the Eagles. Let that guy die on the vine. He's got the market of no one. Just let that guy go, man. By the way, you're keeping him relevant. He's doing this for a reason. To stay relevant because he's a free agent. Bradbury and Slay are making that guy relevant, and he's Mr. Not Relevant. Brock Purdy's more relevant. (laughs) Dude, shut your hole. Juju Smith, nobody. Give me a break. Honestly, man. Darius Slay, you're making $18 million. Act like it. May I, hey, may I say that, please? By the way, we're going to talk a little college sports with Tim Brando. That'll be an hour three, 5.30 Eastern time. We'll talk with our friend. We'll talk Neil. We'll talk some of the top prospects. He works for Fox now, so we'll talk with our friend. All right. We got a bunch of stuff here, man. We got the top safeties that are at the combines. Um, salary cap, where some of the Eagle guys may land. And also the top 10 defensive players that are in the draft. Slide all the way down to 10. Some of the guys maybe that the Eagles can look at, they're at number 10. Okay, I'm going to say something to you. Are you ready? This is a Jalen Hurts. You ready? When you sign Jalen Hurts to a $50 million per year contract, and I do believe he's going to get it, you can kiss the 2024 season goodbye. You can kiss it goodbye. He'll have a lesser team. The 2023 season, the Eagles have a two-year window, last year and this year. Because this year he's scheduled to make $4 million, okay? You think Howie's got a lot of work this year in the offseason? You wait till that $50 million contract kicks in. Peter says wrong. Why am I wrong, Peter? I'll tell you what. Peter, I'll start it off right in the top here. Why am I wrong that the 2024 season will be the worst team that Jalen will be on since he's been here. Um, Well, the four-win team's going to be the worst. Tell me why I'm wrong. No, wait a minute. Wait a minute. The kid from Pitt looks pretty good. He reminds me of Aaron Donald size-wise and speed-wise. Tell me why my statement, I'll say it again to you, When the Philadelphia Eagles put a $50 million deal, and by the way, I think he's getting it because that idiot, hey, I mean, I don't know what the Giants are thinking. If Dimes Jones called me up and said, we're looking in excess of $45 million, I'd have hung the phone up. 
I would have went like this. Not happening. If I'm going to pay that money, I'll go get Derek Carr. I ain't getting you. No, thank you. You ain't that guy, dude. Daniel Jones, Carson Wentz. I don't know. I'd rather have maybe Wentz. Daniel Jones is not better than Carson Wentz. Can you imagine Brian Dable with Carson Wentz? Maybe that could fix him. He fixed Josh Allen. He fixed Daniel Jones. If I'm Carson Wentz, I might think about going to the Giants. Tony, don't give me shit about Jalen's mentality. It's got enough, his mentality has nothing to do with the roster. Has nothing to do with the roster. Zero. Ruiz goes like this. The offense is still intact for the time being. For the time being. You signed Jalen Hurts to a $50 million contract your 2024 season. Will be toast. Cap will go up in the next two years, probably around 40 million bucks. Okay. 16 this year, potentially 18 the following year. So somewhere around 40. Is that going to be enough to keep? You're not going to be. How long do you think a here? How long do you think AJ Brown's on the team with a $50 million quarterback? Name me a team that has a $25 million wide receiver and a $45 million quarterback. Name me one. Oh, Philly. <laughs> Not yet. Name me one. Name me one place that's got a $25 million wide out and a $45 million wide receiver. Name me one. Name me one place. Like I said to you, Stefan Diggs, in my opinion, either he restructures his contract or he's out. Because that $44 million contract that Josh Allen's kicks in. March 15th, baby. Why do you think DeAndre Hopkins is on the market? Because the quarterback makes 46.1. Give it to him, baby, because then we're going to find out. If Jalen Hurts is Patrick Mahomes or not. You see, I told you this the other day. I'm no longer measuring Jalen Hurts to Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, or any of those other guys. Now that you're going to put him in a high rent district like Patrick Mahomes and then $45 million guys, you better win games like that guy when you lose talent around you. Or guess what? You're Dak Prescott. Here's the two examples of what you could look like or what you potentially can be. By the way, by the way, it might work. It just might work. Jalen may, I'm just saying I'm going with what the league has shown us so far. I'm going by recent history. You guys are going by potential. You're going by hope. I'm going by fact. So the guy in Kansas City, in the last five years, he's won two Super Bowls. The first Super Bowl win against the Niners had a great team, Honey Badgers on it. 
Um, Tyreek Hill's on it. Bunch of guys, veteran guys are on it. The guy Houston, the defensive end. Now you got Chris Jones and a bunch of nobodies on defense. You got a bunch of dudes playing wide out in Kansas City. And you got Travis Kelsey, thank God. Running back's a rookie. And you got a bunch of dudes. What'd that guy do? He still won the Super Bowl. That's why you pay him $45 million. Here's the other side of that. You pay Dak Prescott $45 million. Prior to that deal, he's got Amari Cooper, Tony Pollard, a better old line. Zeke Elliott. Tight end is good. Defensive players on the other side. All of a sudden, $49.1 million hits the Cowboys on March 15th. That's Dak Prescott's salary. They got to get rid of Zeke. And you got Michael Parsons' deal coming around the corner next year. Zeke's gone. Unless he takes a pay cut. Mari's off that team. You're paying him $20 million. And you gave a first roundup for him to the Raiders. The Eagles are either going to be the Cowboys or they're going to be the Chiefs. And you guys are betting against recent history that he's going to be Patrick Mahomes. Only one of those deals have worked out. We paid a quarterback a buttload of money. Brock Purdy got to the NFC title game. Jalen got to one more game than Brock Purdy did. And Brock Purdy makes $937,000. So, like I said a couple months ago, I'd rather be in the financial situation with Brock Purdy than Jalen Hurts. The Niners are the team to beat in the NFC. Why is that? They're going to get Isaac Sayamalo. They're going to put Isaac Sayamalo on that old line They're not losing anybody. And if the kid Purdy plays like he did a year ago, I don't really know what he is either yet. I'm not going to sit here and crown a guy like you guys do over one year. Jalen Hurts is not elite. One year doesn't make you elite. Consistency. The guy in Kansas City's elite. Because if that was the case and if that's your metric, You guys must have thought Carson Wentz was elite. You must have thought, you cannot sit here and go, Dan, Jalen Hurts is elite. Well, then you must have thought Carson Wentz was. He had one great year. You don't win a Super Bowl without him. Am I wrong? Two years straight playoffs. Wow. And he sucked out loud in the two playoff games in the NFC. He was fabulous in the Super Bowl. He was terrible. He threw for 93 yards in one of the games. Oh, that's right. The 30-yard gift they gave him. He was terrible. He was great in the Super Bowl. Actually, spectacular. I I tell you how it is. Now, I'm going to ask you one of the most important questions about Howie Roseman here. Dude, Do I think Jalen can be an elite quarterback if he starts to string these years together? Yeah. I'm not telling you that. How about this? Hurts is more trending up. 
He's trending up more. By the way, I'll make this statement to you too. Hey, man, guess what? I actually think the offense may be better this coming season than it was last year. I think the connection with Brian Johnson will be better than what it was with Shane Steichen. Him and Jalen. By the way, Jalen's got so much respect for Brian Johnson, the new offensive coordinator. Brian Johnson's known him since he was three years old. I think Brian played at Utah quarterback. He knows the position. These guys, and Jalen won't take advantage of his relationship and his personal relationship with the guy. He knows how to be coached. He knows respect. He knows his role. He knows the coach's role. I think they're possibly going to be better on offense. Get the running back situated. Maybe you move over Cam Jurgens to the right guard position. Kelsey comes back. I don't know. I think the offense might be even better. And it's going to have to be because the defense has so many question marks going into this offseason here. Okay? I'm not treating Hurts. GT, I've said nothing negative about Jalen Hurts. I said it about the roster. You're taking it and adding it, and you're making that up. I never said shit about him. What, because I said one year? It's a fact. It's one year. It's one year of great ball. Carson Wentz had one year of great ball in Philadelphia. Actually, he had about three, but... For our context, you can't sit here on March 3rd and go, well, hey, Jalen's elite. Well, your boy once was elite too. That's why the word elite gets thrown around like the word great does. Consistency, year after year. What makes Brady the best quarterback to ever play? Is he the greatest talent next to Aaron Rodgers? No. Is he a better talent than John Elway? No. Is he a better quarterback than Elway and Rodgers? Yes. Because he was consistent every freaking year. One year doesn't make you elite. Does he have, you're going on traits. Carson Wentz had traits. I love that word unique, Peter, because I do think that's the word. Peter, I think that's maybe the take so far of this conversation. Jalen's unique. Okay, yeah, sure. He's one of? All right. Is that 50 million bucks? Look, they're going to have to pay it. I get it. My conversation is not about whether Jalen's good or bad. My conversation is, how is Howie going to get around all of this with a salary that's going to decimate your roster in 2024. You can't sit here and go, no, that's not true. That's a lie. Anytime you play quarterbacks, teams get decimated. You know this. So I'll ask this question now. How much do you trust Howie Roseman to duplicate what he did in 2022? as he retools the Eagles for the 2023 season. How confident are you? Now, there's examples. He built and helped build the 2017 team, for sure. He also helped destroy the team in two years to a four-win team. He built it back up 
through free agency. He didn't build it up through the draft. As a matter of fact, Howie Roseman didn't build the 17 team up through the draft. And he didn't build the 2022 team through the draft. Those guys were a non-factor last year. Both the 2022 and 23 draft classes are going to be essential for the success of the Eagles in 2023 and maybe even beyond that to 2024 because they have the majority of them on rookie contracts. You tell me, do you feel comfortable in Howie Roseman retooling this team like he did last year? Let's take a look at that. You think he's going to strike gold on two corners? I'm counting CJ kind of as a corner safety and Bradbury. You think he's going to strike gold there? Yes or no? Do you think he's going to strike gold on two linebackers he needs? Do you think he's going to strike gold on his two tackles? Shit, I'm not even sure about Jordan Davis yet. He has not wowed me at all in any way. Jordan Davis, as a matter of fact, after watching some of these kids from Georgia run some of these 40s and watching some of the tape, I'm going to make a comment to you. I think Jordan Davis is the lesser of all these Georgia guys the last two years when it comes to production and it comes to athleticism. Even though that kid tore the doors off the combines, this kid Nolan Smith is too. But the one factor that you have with Jordan Davis, he's never been productive in his career ever. 43 games, nine sacks. <laughs> this year, no sacks. Kind of a run stopper at times. I'm not calling him a bust. I'm not doing that. 13th pick? No way, though. Not the 13th pick. Remember what I told you Jordan Davis should have been drafted? Right around where they were a year ago, around 22, 25, somewhere down there. He should have went down there, not the 13th pick. Fletcher Cox was the 12th pick. Okay? Fletcher Cox, he, sh he needs to look like that. And he is a far distance from being Fletcher Cox. Okay? <laughs> that dude is not Fletcher Cox. Fletcher Cox is a borderline Hall of Famer. So, do you feel comfortable in Howie Roseman retooling the team and hitting on all of those picks? Howie's not a great drafter. And again, not to throw shade at him because drafting, it, it, it's like picking stocks. They go up and down. Sometimes you land on a guy. Sometimes you don't. You know, as, as a matter of fact, I think that Howie Roseman and his personnel department have had better luck rounds three down than they have from one to three. I think they do a better job at getting guys like Foles and Kelsey and Milada and those other guys in latter rounds than I do. Because you know why? You don't overdraft. You pick the best player available. That's why if Carter falls to 10, Hey, Sills, I, 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 want, I want Witherspoon. I get it. The position is a more valued position than defensive tackle. 
But Carter's a better player. He's a better player. Yeah, but it's an, when you draft on need, that's where you overdraft. You got to look at that player and go, does he match up with where his draft status is? Like this Bijan Robinson kid, you know, he's ranked like the fifth best athlete at the combines. And do you know he's going to go down in the 20s or potentially down near where the Eagles pick at 30? That's a massive plus pick. You can't lose on that pick. You, you would have taken a kid who's the fifth best athlete at the combines at 30. That's a win. That's a win. That's how you draft. Don't overthink it and overcook it. Well, I need a corner. Okay, so if the kid Wilson falls from Texas Tech down to 10, you're going to pass on him to take Gonzalez? Or the kid Riggs? Like I said about the kid Riggs, you know, doesn't have very good hands. Good, He'd be a great blitzer. But at corner, I'd like my corner to have some pretty good wide receiver hands. Like, look at Dion. He couldn't crack an egg. He didn't throw over there, though. Okay? So, my point again is, do you trust Howie? Now, here's what Howie has to do. Okay. Do you think that Howie Roseman is looking at the 2023 season or the 2024 season right now as he prepares for free agency on March 15th in the April draft? What do you think he's looking at? He's looking at 2024, and he's got Jalen's contract in the back of his mind. What's in the best interest of the Philadelphia Eagles right now? To get the deal done today or to get the deal done progressively as we get into the July training camp? I'm thinking that he may want to get the deal done before the July 27 training camp date and somewhere around in there and figure out everything else. And then they'll know the money that they can spend on Hertz or offer Hertz. Why would I do this? Here's $50 million. And then I got to fill the roster. Dude, you're never going to win if you don't fill the roster first. It's like the chicken and the egg conversation. Pay Jalen first or fix the roster. The Eagles got to the Super Bowl because of the roster. They got to that Super Bowl and dominated teams because of the great players they had on that roster. Probably the best roster. Probably the best roster the Eagles have had in the Super Bowl era is last year's roster. And it took a generational quarterback and Patrick Mahomes to beat it with a generational coach. That was Andy Reid's best coaching job I've ever seen him coach in the second half. He was flawless. Time management, timeouts, crossing routes. They figured it out immediately. Sideline adjustments, everything. Once it got rolling downhill, the Eagles couldn't stop that avalanche. Here's something else to think of. If both or all three of my cornerbacks are there at 10, I'm trading out of that 10th pick down. 
I need to get young and cheap. Remember that. You need to get young and cheap. Why? That's what Chiefs did. The Chiefs got young and cheap. They moved off of a $20 million wideout and a $20 million safety. You know, everyone keeps throwing Tyree Kill's number out. Well, don't you guys remember what, how he was looking and kicking the uh, tires on Honey Badger? And for whatever reason, Mickey Loomis, he, he, they let C.J. Gardner-Johnson go because they went out and they signed Honey Badger. Again, bad move. The Saints, what are the Saints? The Saints are $30 million over the cap. They had to. They couldn't afford Gardner Johnson now. And get this, the Bucks, the Bucks are 57 million. That number's gonna come down when they cut Brady. 35 of that will come off that 57. Then they got to restructure contracts. Deep blue goes big sills. Howie needs to trade the 10th pick back to a quarterback. Desperate team and get Gonzalez at 13 and get a first next year. Yeah. Yes. Yes. He is going to need more draft picks in 2024 than he will this year. Dude, I think they should go along the lines of free agency again this year on one-year deals or two-year deals. I think that 2024 deal, in my opinion, with Hertz's contract, you're going to need to load up and have a ton of draft choices. Like Kansas City, at one time or another last year, had nine rookies starting in a game last year. Nine rookies at one time or another starting in a game. Nine. But when you feel you have the – hey, this comes back to Jalen. you got to feel that that guy can overcome. And by the way, some of you are right here. Hey, some of you are right here. The one thing that's really playing into the fact that there's two actual points here that are playing into this. The NFC sucks. And the offense will be intact. That plays into the Eagles. In my opinion, you're not a better roster than San Francisco. San Francisco has more stars on both sides of the ball. You can't match their stars. The Eagles cannot match the 49er stars. On both sides of the ball. You can't. You don't have a Christian McCaffrey. You don't have that. You don't have a Nick Bosa. You don't have a Fred Warner. You don't have a Hifanga. You don't have any of that. You have none of that. And they can match you with Trent and Debo. Even the kid Ayuk is good. Not saying that he's better than Devontae because I don't think he is. But they got more stars than you. You, You're looking at the 2022 roster. You need to erase that. You don't have that 2022 roster. They do. They do. I'm just saying. I mean, you, you know what? Niners all damn day. It's not about shots fired. It's reality. Now, they're stable at the quarterback position. And for seven years, the Niners haven't been. 
I, I personally don't know what Brock Purdy is. I kind of got a sense of what Trey Lance is. I have no faith in that guy whatsoever. Zero. Zero faith in that dude. And, and get this, too, and I said this yesterday. So John Lynch is kicking a can on a veteran quarterback, and he's letting one walk out the building who's 49 and 17. That I don't get. So you're going to let a guy out of the building that led you to two NFC, three NFC title games. And you're going to go look for a veteran quarterback. Who, Blake Bortles? Brock is injured, right? I don't know when he's coming back. I, I Personally, I don't know what he is. You know, if I'm sitting here saying Jalen had one year really great, this kid had a stretch. That was great. A stretch. Wouldn't call that a season. So I've got to be fair to that conversation. I don't know who he is. Can he do that again? I don't know. Trey Lance, to me, and I said this yesterday, you better hope he's Kaepernick. You better hope that guy turns into Colin Kaepernick. Because right now, Trey Lance ain't better than Colin Kaepernick. Kaepernick got to a Super Bowl. You better hope that guy turns into that guy. Right now, that guy looks like Demarcus Russell. Looks like Demarcus Russell. GT goes, Sills, they can't stop our offense. Agreed. That's half the team, though. Your special teams blows, and your defense is in shambles right now. You can't win an NFC champ. You won an NFC championship with balance. You don't have balance any longer. How he built this team, and, you know, everyone keeps saying and talking about dynasty. How can you build a dynasty on one-year deals? With free agents. Let's do this. Who are your benchmark guys on defense that are your pillars? Josh Sweat? Who else? Don't tell me Jordan Davis. He ain't shown me shit yet before you start throwing. N'Kobe Dean? Not happening. You don't get that latitude because that's potential talk again. Potential is, I haven't done it. CJ's not coming back. He's out. You think the Eagles are going to pay $14.4 million for a safety? Really? 14.4. 18 million for Slay. You're going to have over $30 million in two dudes in the secondary. One's a safety. You believe that, huh? That's not how you build a solid roster and a balanced roster by doing that. And you got a $15 million edge rusher and Hassan Reddick. Hardgrave is gone. Here's what I would do. 
restructure the contract to slay and move his ass before the NFL draft. Who wants a corner? You know who might want a corner? The Rams. The Rams are talking to the Giants right now. You want to hear something crazy? The Rams are going to send potentially Jalen Ramsey to the Giants, and they're going to pick up 65% of that $20 million they own. They're going to need a corner. Send his ass out there. How he has to pay some of that $18 million. Give it to him in a bonus so they can take that off your cap. The Rams are going to need a corner. You're, you're, they, they've actively telegraphed it, put the bat signal up and said, Ramsey's for sale. Best offer, come get him. Do you understand when you telegraph that, you're willing to pay some of the $20 million when you do that. That's why people go, well, I'm not picking that guy up because of the money. The Rams are telling you, no. We'll help this deal. Well, when a team telegraphs that you're wanting to get rid of somebody, they're telling you they'll pay some of the freight. We're taking all comers now. Brandon says, Sills, do you believe that if Howie lands two of the first picks that the scheme of the defense can keep the 23 teams near the top of the NFC at bay? Look, I don't look. I think this defense, and I think look, the Saunders high hire is another fabulous hire by the Eagles. I think he's creative. I think it's a hybrid of the Ravens 43, 34 look. You'll see 34, 43 look. I think he's a better mind. I think he's more creative. And you're gonna have to have that on that side of the ball, especially with younger players. And get this, he's better with younger players. I talked to a bunch of people down at the University of Miami when he was down there. He was constantly on the practice field down there when he was he was a um, director of football operations for the Hurricanes. Bunch of people loved him. Then a hurricane hired him in Chicago, Mark Tressman. Had a great conversation with Tressman about him. Innovative, creative, um, a teacher. You're going to need to be a teacher because you're going to have a ton of new faces on that side of the ball. Now, look, do I think there's going to be a massive drop-off? I mean, we said this yesterday to you, massive drop-off. How is there going to be a massive drop-off when you've got shitty teams all over the NFC? And if Rodgers moves out of Green Bay, who's Jalen got a battle against? The Niners and then who? Um, her cousins? Eagles own them. The Cowboys? I think they're going to finish last in the NFC East. Who? <laughs> who who's, the Rams? Have a bounce back? I don't know. What do they look like on defense? What's their old line going to look like? Who's running the ball for him? Is Stafford healthy? Seattle? You know, Seattle may actually be, by everything said and done, after this coming free agency and draft, they may be the second best team in the NFC. They may be the second or third best team in the NFC. Who would have thought that Pete Carroll would have rebuilt it off of the picks that they got from Denver because they moved Wilson? They're better today than they were three years ago with Wilson. Will there be this massive drop-off? I don't think so. However, it's going to look completely different. Here's how the Eagles, and look, 
you know, that's that's a question. You know, I was going to throw this topic at you too. So let's do it now. What are the Eagles going to look like this coming 2023 season? I know it's hard to sit here and put the the the, the pieces on the chessboard now when you don't know what's coming back, the contract. I mean, again, know this. The Jalen Hurts contract will not affect the 2023 season. It'll affect the 2024 season when the contract kicks in on March 16th. 2024 this year you you can kind of go down the line there's going to be a lot of new year one year deals and a lot of new faces on defense okay what's the team going to look like this year 12 win team 11 win team 10 win team tougher schedule watch this i'll give you the assessment better offense i think they're going to be better than they were a year ago um, I think their defense is not going to be as good. Those 70 sacks are gone. Um, and by the way, Hassan Reddick, four straight years now with double-digit sacks, he'll, he'll, he'll do it again. You know why? He's an elite pass rusher. Why? He's going into his fifth year. That's elite, friends. And I said pass rusher. Okay, that's elite when you're doing it for five years. That's elite. Um, here's how I see them. I think they're going to have to outscore teams. The Eagles are going to have to put up between 65 and 70 plays a game. You think you're going to be looking at the Chip Kelly offense a little bit here. You need to run a ton of plays. Why? You need to keep your... It's not keeping the opposing teams on the sidelines. I think you have to keep your defense on the sidelines. That's what I think they have to have a mentality of. It's not going to be about keeping Josh Allen on the sidelines or Patrick Mahomes when you play him this year. It's going to be about keeping your defense on the sidelines until they can mature, until you could see and they understand what their job responsibilities are. Remember something, building a defense like this this is going to take some time here, especially, hey, why do you think it succeeded the way it did a year ago? Because you got veteran guys in there. Now you're going to have to get rookie dudes. That's a different calling card there. Okay. Come on, Sills. We're getting on Reddick all year now. He's elite. No, I, I said he's an elite pass rusher. He can't tackle to save his life or cover anybody out of the backfield. Once again, you heard 5% of what I said. He's an elite pass rusher. He's nothing near Michael Parsons. Parsons can cover people. He can't. He's a one-dimensional player. Okay? He's a one-dimensional player. That's all he does. He's not a cover guy. He's not a very good tackler. Pro Football Focus has him one of the worst tacklers in the league. Can't cover tight ends or backs. They knew that, though. That's a fact. Um, what's this team going to look like? You're going to have to, you're going to have to lean on that offense a lot, a ton, a ton, because you're top heavy. 
as of today on March 3rd, you don't have a defense. you got a coordinator. Now I'm going to ask you again, what's important to you? Building the roster or signing Jalen? Signing Jalen? That's not important to me right now. I got to build my roster. Jalen's contract affects the 2024 team. Because let me tell you this. Come March 15th, 4 p.m. Eastern time, when those deals start dropping and the Eagles don't get in the room for the first wave and the potentially in the second wave, then you're picking up people's scraps. Then you're picking up scraps. You better have a plan in place. And signing a quarterback of $50 million is not my number one priority. Retooling my team is. And it should be. This is about a rod. Jalen Hurts can't win a Super Bowl without the roster. That's Patrick Mahomes at. The Hurts contract should be the last thing on the table. By the way, I'm, I'm not sitting here going, pay him 38, 45, pay him 50. You're going to have to come up with it, but get the team built. Then you get a chance to see what and what your weaknesses and strengths are. Right now, doing this. Let's say it hurts. Off. Why isn't the deal getting done? Because you've got a roster to build. Well, let's, let's pay Jalen first, and then we'll fill it. You're going to fill it in with scraps and draft choices? You might not make the playoffs. Really, you think paying that guy is the most important? I'll bet you this. I'll bet you a million bucks if you ask Jalen Hurts the most important thing to him right now, being the kind of team guy he is, I'll bet you a billion dollars that that guy says, let's get the team built and we'll deal with my contract. Probably makes clutch sports grab their throats, but you know he said that. You know he said that. Tell me I'm lying. You don't think Howie and Jeffrey Laurie are going, we love you. We want to put the best team we possibly can around you. Are we on the same page? Jalen Hurts, yes. There's your hometown discount. There's your hometown discount. He's going to work with you. Don't worry, we'll get it. Let's get the roster built. I want to get back to the Super Bowl. The only way that Jalen Hurts' value in his contract pay off is if he wins. Dak Prescott's contract didn't pay off. Derek Carr's contract didn't pay off. Look at what they did up in Green Bay. The minute they gave Rodgers 50 to $60 million, he was 8-9. Even Aaron Rodgers. By the way, don't take this that I don't think that Jalen Hurts is not a priority. But haven't you guys been telling me the whole time? Sills, I think Jalen will work with the Eagles. This is working with the Eagles. And, and by the way, no way I want you to go away thinking, well, Jalen will take less money. I don't want Hurts to take less money. I'm not saying that. But everybody in Philadelphia is saying, let's get Hurts' deal. Why isn't the deal done? Get the roster built. 
get the roster built. Hertz wants the roster built. How many times has he come out publicly saying there's plenty of time for that? Jalen Hurts ain't going anywhere. And if Jalen's the guy that you guys have been telling me the entire time, this is exactly what the Eagles are doing. They're going to take their time. They got their coordinators in place. They got them in place before they went to the combines. Howie and his scout team are there. The coordinators are all there. Don't you think if the number one priority was getting Hertz's deal done, he'd be back in Philly talking to Clutch. He's not. He's at the combines for the entire week looking at the direction that he's going to have to go to fill holes that free agency is going to put into his defense and into his roster. Build the roster. Then you get to Jalen. By the way, am I saying let Jalen go into his final season? And in September, he's not under. I didn't say that. I never said that. So don't stretch that out. It's not true. I said, I guarantee you, Hertz is doing this right now. This deal will get. I look. There's one thing that I can think that how he's doing along with the owner is they're being transparent with him. And I said this to you a couple days ago. I think the mistakes that they learned from Carson Wentz and all the mishaps that they had with him are going to benefit Jalen Hurts. Because you know why? Jalen's covering for that disaster. He's winning. Everyone in Philly reveres him. The locker room reveres him. He loves being an Eagle. He wants to remain in the organization. The organization believed in him. He's an all-pro. Grass isn't greener on the other side here, friends. He's not looking to leave. He's looking to create a legacy. You don't create legacies by bouncing around. It's not a legacy. Jalen's not going to get, Jess, I don't think he gets a 10-year deal, but I think he gets a pretty, watch this. You want to hear something too, what I would do for Jalen Hurts? Jalen, we're going to build the roster first before we get to you. Man, if, if the quarterback is working with me, I'm going to work even harder for him to put him down to a longer-term deal. You know why? Because I like him. I like him and he's good. You know, most places it's usually he has to be good, then you like him. But I, I think in Philly, it's both. They like him. You work with me? I'm not going to not reward that. I'm, I feel more enabled to reward you for working with the organization to build the roster. Okay. When, when you're a $50 million a year guy, you are a guy who sits at the table and you're part of the board of directors. 
You got 5% say in the company's direction when you're the highest paid guy in the building and one of the highest paid guys in the league. You got a seat at the table. And they should be transparent with him. Peter, thank you, my friend. And get this, too. People want to play in Philly. Do people want to play in Baltimore? You you got wide receivers now barking at Eric DaCosta, who talks shit on his team. Did you see that? So Eric DaCosta was asked a question at the Combines. I don't know why we haven't been able to draft elite wide receivers. What was the comment that was made? Rashad Bateman fired back and said, don't blame us. Blame the guy calling plays. Elite? And the guy that you're hanging out to drive, talking about Lamar. I'm paraphrasing here. But now you've got bickering in Baltimore. Since when? Since Ozzie left. Hollywood Brown. I don't want to play there. Wide receivers barking back. This guy showed flashes last year. And he, he barked back at the GM. Don't blame the players, dude. Blame the organization and the direction. You were the guys that made this thing a train wreck at the beginning of the year in Baltimore. The Eagles are going to not go down that road with Jalen Hurts. Do you know one of the coolest things to watch with what they're doing and how they're handling Hurts and Hurts handling the Eagles? Everything is calm, cool, collected, business-like, moving forward, family-like, great environment. Everyone enjoys going to the Novacare Center every day. My opinion, that's how you build a winning culture. Small says not wanting to pay Hertz right now. Sounds like an excuse. It's <laughs> look at it, look at this guy. He wants to pay a guy now, and instead of building the team for Jalen and then paying Jalen and figuring it out. How dumb is that? Here's here's your money. No team. The chances of you having a good football team in 2024 right now is zilch. Make sure you have a good team the next couple years for the kid. Don't be like the Cowboys, where you have to start ripping pieces apart of your football team to keep your guy because you paid him. So look at the Raiders. They got rid of a 25-year-old Josh Jacobs. They got rid of a quarterback who's now in the open market that 10 teams are talking to. And where are the Raiders going? What's their answer at quarterback? Do you want to be that? And you're like, well, the Eagles and Jalen will never be that. Well, what? There's more of my examples than Patrick Mahomes examples. Let's not try to go down the Dak Prescott, the Derek Carr, and the Kyler Murray example. Let's try to get to the Patrick Mahomes result. People are blind and ignorant. This is a team sport. This is not... The quarterbacks are the stars. 
and the highest paid guys. But those highest paid guys, here, because the, the, the greatest example that you could do, I, I, I got to do that. I'll show you all these high paid guys. They don't do shit in the NFL when it comes to winning Super Bowls. They don't do shit. Pay the guy. Screw the roster. <laughs> yeah, okay. Get ready for four wins, Hoss. Get ready for four wins. Salary cap. The top 10 defensive players that are in the draft and at the combines right now. Also, the top safeties. Do the Eagles need a safety? I believe they could use one. And I'm going to show you how maybe you can end up making this happen. Deep goes, Big Sills, should we pay Hurts next? No, 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 no. No, I'm not saying. I would like to deal done before, before July 27th when they report to training camp. No, 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 no. I don't want him going into his final season. And what, having a stupid year like Baltimore did? No, I don't want that. Then you got the quarterback and clutch sports going, you might want to hold out, you know, if you're hurt, this and that. I don't want any of that. Why do you think Patrick Mahomes played on a hurt ankle? Because he had the money. Why do you think Lamar Jackson didn't play? Because he didn't have the money. It's not rocket science. Hour two. Hit the like button. Don't forget also, Tim Brando will join us. We'll talk a little college sports. We'll talk about some of the prospects at the Combines. He's with Fox Sports. That'll be 5.30 Eastern time. Hour two coming up. Keep it here on the National Football Show. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Mesa and Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Hi, everybody. My name's Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Jeff D'Ambrosio doesn't need a special event to appreciate his customers. Jeff shows his appreciation to them every day of the year. Jeff makes sure to stock more new inventory than anyone and guarantees prices and payments that nobody can beat. There are so many reasons that thousands of customers know Jeff is the easy, friendly place to do business. More for their trades. No judgment zone for credit issues. 
the best, most reliable service department in the country. That's why I like Jeff, and I know you will too. Jeff will satisfy you every day. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, owner appreciation event. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Plan your day with confidence. Keep the umbrellas on hand. With action news and AccuWeather. Numerous tornadoes. Your go-to team when severe weather strikes. The water is still rising. Keeping you prepared wherever you watch. Action news and AccuWeather. The team you trust. National football shows, please hit the like button. Um, I'll say this to you here. The priorities of the Eagles today, they checked one of them off, got the coordinators, evaluating the draft talent, free agency, they're going to go down the calendar. Don't you see their behavior? Got the coordinators done at the combines, addressing free agency, addressing the draft, addressing Jalen Hurts. You, you have to see this. Right? I mean, you... you that's how they're going to go down the line of progression here. By the way, all priorities. All of these are priorities. The question will come down once again, can how we duplicate what he did last year? That's going to be the major point of this whole thing. Okay, it is. By the way, we're going to get into salary cap here, and I'm going to show you where some of the Eagle free agents are going to go and who will offer them and a need on the team. We're going to do that here in a second. Um, would you go into free agency and pay for a free agent running back? How about Saquon Barkley? Week in the Giants. A damn good football player. All pro, would you be interested in Saquon Barkley? Say you gave him seven million with 10 with incentives, and he gave you a 1500 yard year. By the way, he's a better pass catcher than Miles Sanders. You see, that's the thing. I don't think they dislike Miles Sanders, I think they want a different type of back than Miles Sanders. I think they want to. Why do you think Howie kicked the tires on Christian McCaffrey? He wants someone like that for Hurts. Screen plays, 
middle screens. You know, you know who would be really good? Tony Pollard is the kind of guy that I think they're interested, would be interested in. A dude like that. Okay? I mean, anytime you can weaken someone, ask the Cowboys when they weakened the 49ers when they took Charles Haley. How was that? Bang! Ed DeBartolo says, two biggest moves that were regrets of mine were letting Montana go to Kansas City and Charles Haley go to Dallas. I mean, I I would at least talk to him. Hey, see what he has. Seven million may be a little rich. I'm trying to get back to the NFC title game here, though. You would have to at least entertain that. Talk to Josh Jacobs, 25 years old. The the Raiders are a train wreck. They need a quarterback and a running back, and they're letting two all pros go. It doesn't make sense. I just, how you run your organization. I mean, they've been the Redskins slash commanders of the West Coast. A train wreck. My problem, again, with a little bit on Barkley is his injury issues. That's my problem with him. I'd have to, you know, look at that. And this is why maybe how we can work his magic. You know, I can't give you 10, dude. I know you want 10. I can't do that, man. But I'll give you seven. Six and a half with incentives if you're healthy. You start to get you start to get roster bonus. Roster bonuses. If you're there after week 12, you get an additional 300000 If you're there after week 15, you get another $500,000. Something like that. You structure it like that because, again, if he gets on the open market, which I think he's going to. And by the way, how dumb is that whole thing in New York right now with Daniel Jones? Daniel Jones, get your shit. Get the hell out of New Jersey. I'll sign Derek Carr for $35 million. My other 10 goes to Barkley, and I got both a quarterback and my running back back. And I got two for the price of one. Instead, you got a nobody holding you hostage. He's this criminy guy. Dude, Jalen Hurts must be sitting back with clutch sports people and go like this. I don't have to open my mouth. This guy, Daniel Jones, is asking for $45-plus million. Jalen doesn't have to say anything. Daniel Jones is setting the market. Or he thinks he is. Daniel Jones is setting the market. (laughs) Ow. Holy shit. Has the quarterback position completely blown up? These guys are egomaniac. I'm not saying all of them. I'm not putting Jalen in that. But who would have thought that Daniel Jones would set the quarterback market? Daniel Jones? (laughs) I'm out. (laughs) Hey, Sills, guess who wants to uh, talk about his contract? Daniel Jones. If I'm the GM of the Giants, oh, good. Yeah, come on in, man. Jones sits down with his his agent, and the guy goes, yeah, we're looking at uh, four years, $45 million a year. I'm sorry? (laughs) I'm I'm sorry, I got to. I got. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm a little deaf in this side over here because I just got hit in the head with a brick. So can you say that again? <laughs> yeah, we won 45 for four years. Oh, total. No, no, no. Per. 
I'm sorry. Again, I'm, I'm a little deaf in this ear. Can you come over to this? <laughs> Be like, dude, get the. I'm not paying that for that guy. Dimes Jones. Holy shit. I kicked that guy's ass out of my office, man. I would. Seriously, I would never let that guy call my general manager again. I would make him apologize. Hey, Mr. Shun, I'm sorry. I, I didn't know what I was saying. You know, I mean, hey, I I don't know. Maybe I'm like that guy down in South Carolina, man, at the oxycodones. I don't know what happened, man. I'm, I don't know what happened. I'm a little nuts right now. Jesus, criminy. This guy's out of his mind. Dude, you must be on some weirdo drug, man, to think that I'm going to pay you $45 million. Daniel Jones is setting the market. Jones has to say it? No, you know what Derek Carr did? Derek Carr telegraphed it. I'm only taking 35. That's why he's got 10 teams lined up. That's why he's got 10 teams lined up. He and his agent came out, and but you know it was a really great kick in the pants and the end of the groin of the Raiders and Mark Davis. They wanted him to restructure his contract. You know, when that, when that thing clicked in, and he went, absolutely not. February, there was a date in there somewhere where it clicked in the 30 million guarantee. They owed it to him. He goes, no, uh <laughs> They had to pay him this money on the way out the door. So he goes like this with his agent. Everyone starts sending out the smoke signals like he's the Pope in Rome. You know, he starts sending out the smoke signals. I only went 35. Everyone's like this. Hey, I might be in for that. Carolina, the Jets, the Giants. I might, you know, the Texans could be in for that. Yeah. Then you got a guy down there going, hey, I had one half of a decent year and a good game against a shitty Minnesota team, and I want 45 per. Dude. Give me Mike Glennon. <laughs> Boom. Holy cow. This guy. Unbelievable. All right. I'm going to show you where some of these Eagle guys are going to land here. The Bears have a. They have 98.8 million bucks. In cap space. Javon Hardgrave is their number one priority. Man, they're talking about a $62 million deal for him. They're going to pay him $18 million per. Javon Hardgrave, nice knowing you. You're an Eagle casualty. Falcons. By the way, shit, 98.8? Hey, James Bradbury, what are you thinking? Hey, CJ, what are you thinking? That team, that team needs all kinds of help on defense. So you get CJ and you get Hardgrave and you weaken the Eagles and strengthen the Bears. It won't be enough to get them in the playoffs, but you got better and you weaken the – Dude, do you understand March 15th? This is going to be teams. Here are the teams that are coming after you. Do you understand this? That team's come – well, shit, they're probably talking to agents already, and that's when those deals will drop. 4 p.m. Eastern, you're going to find out what an assassin looks like on your roster 
And boy, I'll tell you what, man, how he knows it's coming. How he knows this is coming. So here are the teams coming after the Eagles. Bears. Falcons. Raiders. You know they're saying James Bradbury is going to sign with the Raiders as soon as 4 o'clock hits? He's going to be the new cornerback for the Raiders. So you lose that already and you lose Hardgrave. Oh, yeah, but you're the same. The Giants have 43.1 million bucks. Okay. Could they sign CJ? Drop a $14 million nugget right there in his lap? Hey, won't you come play here? <laughs> Giants are coming after you. Texans are coming after you. 34.2. Samalo, Samalo's going to make out mint. Shit, there's talk of um, Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox going to Cleveland. <whistles> Andrew Barry makes sense. Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox in Cleveland. Fletcher had seven sacks. They're coming after you. How you doing? Bengals, 36-2. Boy, Samala would look good, protected. Joey Bay. <laughs> you, you see Samala? Went to Stoutland University, has two NFC championship rings and a Super Bowl ring, and he's 30, and he had a really great year, and he was awesome in the playoffs. 15-5. No, shit, Sayamalo, Duke Tobin, he's got to be targeting Sayamalo. 49ers are already, I know the 49ers, I talked to John Lynch. He didn't tell me so much, but they said they need line help. Well, one of the best linemen that is going to be available is going to be Isaac Sayamalo. They need guard help. Oh, they're losing a tackle. They're going to lose a tackle to free agency. Mm. Patriots 36-4 Boy does Bill love corners mm. He loves himself some corners And safeties CJ Playing with Bill Belichick Oh That's a nice fit And How about Miles Sanders in New England Here, Here's where I think Miles Sanders Where he's going to be Um uh, Really coveted. Chargers, Rams, Patriots. Depends on what happens with Dalvin Cook. Um, Kansas City. Buffalo. Oh, he's going to have suitors. Again, it's see, here's what's going to happen. Watch this. Here's what's going to happen to Miles Sanders. Remember I said this to you. He's going to get through the first wave. Second wave. Because it's the running back position. Then he's going to call his agent three weeks after the 15th of March and go, hey, what's going on? Where's my deal? Well, it's not the market we thought. 
Buffalo's got a deal on the table for five million a year for three years. I'll take it. <laughs> That's what happens. I'll take it. Yeah. This guy's thinking he's going to make seven million bucks. All of a sudden, that first week goes by. Damn, I didn't go in the first wave. Damn, I didn't go in the second wave. What's on the table? Three-year deal, four million bucks. Bills, I'll take it. (laughs) That sphincter muscle goes like this. As the weeks go on, I'll take it. Oh, man. Look at this guy. Sills, you're lusting over the Eagles losing players in free agency. Way too hard. That's gross. What are you, a worm? Gross? What are you, two? (laughs) Gross. (laughs) You must be in that pot hut of uh, Aaron Rodgers up there with that hookah he's got in that dark room. I'm waiting for like the smoke from like the Pope's cavern where he's smoking his weed. Here's Aaron Rodgers. <gasps> hey man, that good kiss guy. I'll let him know in a minute. <sighs> yeah, it's really dark in here. No shit. You've been walking in the dark your entire life, Aaron. Whether you're outside or in a hut, you've always been in the dark. <sighs> Uh, it's all right, worked. I'm kidding you, man. Don't be, don't get bent. Don't get bent. It's all good. Me too. Love you too, brother. I'm only kidding. And I'm not, I'm not. Can I tell you, wait a minute. Work. Can I tell you? I like to see how we work. Let him work on that three-year contract you just signed. Let's go magician. Come on, David Copperfield. You guys are telling me the Eagles have David Copperfield as your general manager. Let's roll. I want to see this. Hey, by the way, has Howie Roseman built himself an opportunity to be a Hall of Fame executive? I don't know, man. I'll tell you what. I didn't say no right away. I didn't say no. Howie Copperfield. Howie Copperfield is your GM. Howie. Lions 23-1. Will they come after any of your boys? Probably not. Here's the teams that are in holy hell. The Cowboys are $7.5 million in cap hell. Yeah, they'll be a productive free agent worker. The Rams, 14-2. The Dolphins, 15-3. This is negative. The Bills, 18-7. The Chargers, 20 million in the in the rear. And you got to re-sign Herbert. Wait a minute. The Chargers are in worse shape than the Eagles are. Herbert's a first-round pick. They got to redo his con. He's got to get an extension. They're 20 million in the hole. Keenan Allen. Bye. Mike Williams. Bye. Khalil Mack. Bye. (laughs) Dude, Derwin James, you send that dude this way. I'm in. (laughs) You send that. You send that Derwin James my way, man. That guy's my favorite NFL player. 
okay? His nickname to me is Hammer. And that dude's an FSU dude, which makes me ill. By the way, the one thing that I still have to get over with your boy, Sean Desai, he's a stupid gator too. Yeah, he was like some sort of gator ties with him and Howie. I don't know, man. How Howie's a gator, and I got to still get over that. And it, it, it'd be like it'd be like Xander having to like Howie because he was an Auburn guy. <laughs> you don't see too many Auburn guys, you know, on on on, on uh, Jacob Sports, do you? <laughs> Not too many Auburn guys. <laughs> That's why you hate <laughs> Batman goes, now I got it. Howie Roseman's a gator. What, what, it took you this long to figure that out? <laughs> Vikings, 20 million. Twitter cutting Dalvin Cook. Hey, Dalvin Cook, I'd love to have him on the Eagles. I think that guy's a great football player. It's another no, but I'm all right with Knowles. It's Saints, 30 million. Dude, how would you like to be the Saints and be $30 million in the hole and your quarterbacks are Tyson Hill and Jameis Winston? I mean, if I'm going to have a salary cap issue, please let it have Justin Herbert's name on it. <laughs> right? At least, hey, with Justin Herbert and your $20 million in the hole. It's all right. I get it. I got to sign the guy here. But my quarterbacks in New Orleans – or Tyson Hill and Jameis Winston. And what's the other guy that stole money from the Houston Texans? Brock Osweiler or Trevor Simeon? One of those stiffs are down there. Right? <laughs> those are your quarterbacks in New Orleans. Sounds like a real good contender down there in the South. Small says, Sills, you spent 90% of the season calling Hurts a running back on Twitter. Yeah, he is. Jalen Hurts makes a lot of plays and most of his plays and successful plays because he's dual threat. Yes, same with Lamar. Same with Allen. Allen's got more arm talent and will always have more arm talent. Jalen's a better passer than Lamar. Lamar's a better athlete. All of them are unique in their own ways. Is that fair? Okay. Okay. I know most of you hate. Josh Allen is a unicorn. 6'6", 250, runs four fives, and has a laser arm. And he won 14 games last year. Oh, wait, same as many as Jalen did. <laughs> and in a better conference. And in a better conference with quarterbacks. <sighs> you beat Brock Purdy. No, Josh Johnson. And what's the other guy? Christian McCaffrey. They, they ran the Wildcat, too, in the NFC title game. You got to throw that in there. <laughs> With a 56% passer percentage in college. Yeah, and your boy fired at Alabama. End of story. Fired a national television, too, to boot. Sit down, kid. I'm putting a rookie in from Hawaii. <laughs> I'm putting a Hawaiian in. <laughs> Sit down, dude. I've told you this, and I know Xander hates this. Nick didn't want to coach Jalen. Because you know why? At Alabama, he's got a ton of options. I don't have to coach you. 
I'm 10 deep at every position at Alabama. In the NFL, you got to coach guys. If you pay him, you got to coach him. Alabama, Nick don't like the guy, get him out of there. Get the next five-star guy in. Bang. You don't have to do much coaching. You got a plethora of wideouts. Shit, man, they probably got five first-rounders now sitting on the on the bench waiting their turn. Believe me, I've been in programs like that. He didn't want to coach Jalen. Nick Saban's the guy that started that notion that Jalen Hurts wasn't elite. Wasn't me. Once they benched him on national TV. Wasn't me. (laughs) Here are the top 10 defensive players. Okay? Every black quarterback has to be a running. What a tool. Josh Allen's a running quarterback, too. Did you not hear me mention him? Man, anybody who brings race into a conversation on our show is doing it because they're low-browed thinking idiots. I'm looking to win. I don't give a shit what the color is. Green, blue, Italian, Asian, Jewish, Catholic, non-demon. I don't care what it is. I want to win. I don't care what it looks like. If a chick's good, I don't care. See, you know the greatest thing about sports is you can't bring really race into it because scoreboards don't lie. In politics, people move their scoreboard. You can't move the scoreboard in sports. Win, lose. Well, I played really great in a loss. Doesn't work that way in sports. You lost. (laughs) There's clarity in sports. There's no clarity in politics. There's just no clarity in it. You don't know what winning and losing is in politics. Sports, winner, loser. Go home. Good night. Trophy, participation medal. Pick one. The winner gets the girls and cashes the paychecks. They're the ones that get the parade. The losers, they're walking off the tarmac at the airport with four people there. That's sports. That's got nothing to do with race. Winner, loser. Who are you? (laughs) Nothing. That's why... When, when people try to implement that in the world of sports, it doesn't fit ever. That's why you look like a tool. People are funny, man. I'm over that stuff. I, it's, it's funny to When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. 
Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I mean, believe me, those folks are funny to me today. That's right, Neil. Sports is the greatest equalizer. Because I say this to you guys. Where in Philadelphia could you get 70,000 people in a building and the Republicans, Democrats, Jews, Catholics, Protestants, Baptists, and one building rooting for one thing. Is there any place in the city or in the world that that dynamic works still? No. It's the only dynamic. Why do you think it's the highest rated shows every year? Sports shows, NFL Right? Doesn't matter in the stands. You don't sit next to your guy at Lincoln Financial and go, hey, you're Republican? I can't sit here. You guys are talking about who's playing defensive tackle and if the D coordinator sucks or not. Let's move on. Top 10 defensive players. Eagles in the first, what is it? In the, uh, they got 90, what is, what's, what's the second round pick? Was it 62. I think they got 110. Here, I'll just go just do the couple, the first four picks. I think it's 130, 62, and 92. Does that sound right? Okay. So here are the top 10 players that are in the draft. These are guys that are going to go in the top 10 picks. These are the guys who are the top 10 defensive players that are at the combines right now. Number one, Jalen Carter. This guy is a Warren Sapp. He is a John Randall. He's absolutely, his engagement, his speed, his feet, he's the best defensive tackle and the best, best defensive lineman they've had at Georgia during the Kirby Smart era. And that includes the guy in Philly. Um, my, my problem again, obviously with what the news has come out this week, I would want to sit down with him. If he falls to 10, thank you very much, Dank. If he falls to 10, I'd say this to him. Now, look, Xander, I said this yesterday and my, my wife and I were talking about this last night. She said for me to be careful because someone did die in the Jerome Brown accident besides Jerome. And I knew the kid. Jerome and I raced out front of the University of Miami. Smart? No. Are we thankful no one got killed? Absolutely. Did the cops stop us numerous times and let us off? Yes. Would I lie if I got into a serious situation like Jalen Carter? I would. I would. You know why? I would be afraid that it would hurt my opportunity to be the first pick in the NFL draft. Yes, I would lie. Then they'd come, and knowing full well, they're going to come back. And they're going to tell me the truth. And then I'm going to have to cover a lie with a lie. And then I'm going to have to come to 
a Jesus conversation with them. I did it. I was there. Right now at the Combines, the reason the NFL scouts want him up there, the reason they want Jalen Carter in Indianapolis is because he's going to tell them nothing but the truth. And that's all these teams want to hear, the truth. What was your decision-making process? And here's how I would answer it. And Aunt Betty, I'm going to answer it like I would at the Combines and when I'm being questioned by an NFL team, which I have been. I fucked up, man. Person I know passed away. Was it smart? No. What about the other thing you did where you got, you know, another ticket? I know, man. He goes, I, I, I've got to be smarter. If I'm going to make that kind of money, I got to be smarter. And I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that I'm not in that position ever again. But what about what happened? Tragic. I, I just, I, it, it would have lived with me for the rest of my life. And it, it's how I would answer it. Don't try hiding it. Don't try deflecting. Don't sound like a guy in a courtroom like we've been watching on TV, making excuses for everything. Just tell the truth. I effed up. My mistake. Did I lie? Yes. Did I lie again? Yes. Why? Because I thought it would hurt my chances on being drafted in the NFL. I'll tell you a quick story here about how Jimmy Johnson trusted me. And I may have told some of you guys this. When I got down to Miami, I, um, I didn't have any bed sheets and I didn't have a blanket. I didn't have any pillows really. Now it wasn't because my folks didn't have it. I just didn't bring it. And I was cold down there. So we went to the Don Shula hotel and I stole pillows and I stole, um, blankets. Next day, Jimmy calls me in and he goes, did you steal them things? Do you know the Shula Hotel? This is where all the teams stay, you stupid ass. Did you steal those? I think he was expecting me to lie. I went, I did, coach. Why? I didn't have any pillows or sheets. For God's sakes. Get back in the drills. Next day I go in there, there were sheets, blankets, toiletries, toothbrush, soap shampoo all on my bed i looked at Stubbs and jerome and i went what's this well who do you think i go jimmy did this he goes no he sent kevin o'neill who was our trainer i looked right at jimmy and i go and i've talked about this before and i i looked at jimmy and i go he goes don't do that stupid shit again just tell the truth trust me the lie will get you off the team the truth will get you in trouble with me but not off the team. I learned that lesson for the rest of my life. Neil, all I had to do was ask. I didn't know. But you see, when you're young, you'll lie first. So Jalen Carter lying like that, I, that's human nature. I'm okay with it. I just want to talk to the kid. That's why he's back in Indianapolis. They want to talk to him. Jordan Davis is not a bust. He is not a bust. He's not the 13th pick, but he's not a bust. Okay? Carter's the number one defensive player. And if he's at 10, 
Think about what you could do here. Watch this. You have Jordan Davis on a rookie deal, and you have Jalen Carter. And by the way, who was the linebacker that played behind both those guys two years ago? Was it Kobe Dean? Hmm. So your entire triangle would be three Bulldogs playing together, motivating each other, creating leadership, all in rookie deals. You could pay your back end then. Cox gone. Hardgrave gone. Three dudes on rookie deals? That's how you get better? And it's also, those guys got to play now. Seals, didn't you call some players monkeys uh, years back? I did. I apologize for it. It was a bad call. Next question. You get those guys all on rookie deals. Okay? So you you do that, and now you're able to go back there and address maybe CJ, maybe even Bradbury. Right? Second best defensive player. Will Anderson's the best defensive player that Nick Saban has ever coached. Um, if I were going to compare him with someone, I think he's a better version of Micah Parsons. He can cover, he can blitz, hell of a hitter, hell of a tackler. You know what else I loved about him? He didn't have to play in that sugar bowl. He didn't have to play in that sugar bowl. And you know what Saban did? He kind of spot played him, took him out, but he wanted to be there with his guys. Isn't that an Eagle type of guy too? Now he ain't falling. But, man, I love him. I'm going to play in a Sugar Bowl. You know what that says to me? I started something. I want to finish it. I love this kid. I root for him. Man, I I think he's going to be an NFL superstar. I do. I just love. Okay, I just love it, man. Just a super kid. Didn't have to play in that Sugar Bowl. He and Bryce Young. My problem, Xander, with Bryce Young, 5'10 and a half, 185 pounds. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm still – hey, I've spent the entire week on that whole thing. 5'10 and a half, 180. I don't know. He's a fabulous talent. But I don't know. That's a little dude, man. The third best defensive player is Tyree Wilson, Texas Tech edge rusher. Um, God, is he long and big and fast and wingspan. He's like the kid in Carolina, Brian Burns. He's built like that, 275, six, five and a half. He's fast. I watched him run some of the conditioning drills, and I also watched him run some of the agility drills. Hey, you know what was really great? You guys want to hear something that you only get, that you only get here with big cells? I got to show you the picture. So when you watch the combines this weekend, you guys will go like this. Holy shit. This is Cilio's boy. 
I'm going to show you something. I think you guys will appreciate it. Okay? I think you guys will appreciate this. So the guys running the defensive line drills um, is this guy. Is this guy. Here's Carl Dunbar. The guy running the drills for the D-line is Carl Dunbar. You know who he is? He's the defensive line coach for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And he was at Alabama. Xander, when I think you were there, okay? And he was there when I think um, Jeff Stoutland and Mario Cristobal were coaching. And he's now running the drills. I text him. I said, who do you like here? And he was telling me about every one of these kids. By the way, I got that list from him. The defensive line coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers and I had a conversation. I texted him. My wife goes, oh, my God, there's Carl. My wife knows him very well, too. We were teammates. And so he's running the drills. And he's, like, um, telling me about some of these guys. And this is why I ranked them. I ranked him off of what he said and what he saw yesterday. Um, he says he loves his kid, Wilson. Quick, great feet, um, surprisingly good hands. Number four is Miles Murphy. He goes, don't listen to what people are saying, Sills. He's not falling. His measurables are unbelievable. The team really didn't have that hot a year the last two years when he was at Clemson but he's everything you want, an edge rusher. Could that be somebody that Howie lands on? He could. Now we start to get to the corners. So, so far, here are your top four defensive players that are there at the Combines right now. Jalen Carter, Will Anderson, Tyree Wilson, Miles Murphy. Now we get into the corners. Christian Gonzalez, according to Carl, talking to people that running the drills for the DBs, they say he's really everything. Now, he's not as physical, per se, as Witherspoon, who's ranked sixth. But he is, he's a pretty good corner when it comes to cover. You know, I, I've told you this before. He's a transfer from Colorado that went to Oregon, got better coaching at Oregon. Oregon produces some really good players. The reason he leaves Oregon is because of obviously the unsettled program. That program has not been good since McCarthy was there when they won a national title back in the day. Okay. I mean, they just have not been good. And when they, Eric B enemy played there, they were good. And I don't really think they've been good since. Um, so to me, I mean, this kid Gonzalez is, is, I would have no problem drafting him. I love the kid Witherspoon. He's my favorite player in the draft. Um, aggressive. Wait till I tell you what Lovey Smith, plus he's a Lovey Smith guy. Lovey Smith, this dude had some talent there at Illinois. No wonder they're winning this last year. Lovey just didn't get a chance to see it really fill out, but there's guys all over the board that are Illinois guys that he recruited. Um, I love Witherspoon. I would love, and I think he would fit so well in the Sean Desai defense. He would play the role of Ed Reed. 
Remember something with the size defense. You're going to see a hybrid Ravens defense. They're going to disguise 43-34. But the Ravens didn't blitz a lot. Who was the only guy that really blitzed? It was Reed. They didn't have to. They got home. But they got home on disguise. You know what's going to happen? You're going to watch this defense sometimes, and you're going to swear they blitzed. But they're going to run exotic twists and stunts from the interior and from the perimeter. And you're going to see a lot of – it's going to be situational blitzing. But when someone says he blitzes less than um, than Gannon, technically, yes, he does. But he's more of a creator, in my opinion, on putting guys in better positions to succeed. He, my opinion, you upgraded as a decoordinator from Jonathan Gannon. He's the next superstar that's going to be a head football coach. Pete Carroll raves about him. There's not a coach in the NFL that doesn't rave about that guy that would love to have him on his coaching staff. Remember something. This guy wasn't the D coordinator in Seattle. What does that tell you? Well, when you name a guy an assistant head coach and you create a special coaching position for him, you want him on your staff. You know, when Belichick got fired in Cleveland and Parcells took that New England Patriots team to the Super Bowl, they got beat by the Packers. Belichick wasn't the coordinator on that team. He was a senior advisor after he got fired because they had a coordinator. I think Al Groh was a coordinator on that team. If I'm not mistaken, I think that Parcells, I think that Parcells Patriots um, um, D coordinator, I think it was Al Groh. Groh's a Parcells guy. And, and, and they wanted Belichick on that staff because they wanted his input. Um. So he will need quick edge rusher. Witherspoon will be gone when we pick. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. D, I think so. D, I heard that. Gonzalez's sister is an Olympic champion, college athlete. Okay. How about this? Guess who the seventh best player is? It's Brian Branch. Safety, Alabama. Let me ask you this. How about if you did this? We mentioned it yesterday, but I'm falling more in love with this. I take CJ and I move him to the corner. I draft this guy, Branch. Put him at safety with Epps, Slay. How's that secondary? CJ at corner, sign him to the, to the safety deal at 14-4, get a $2 million break, flip him over. By the way, you know how I justify the 14-4? Play him at corner. Put him at corner. I'm okay with that. 14-4 for a safety? I don't know. I don't want to get into the Jamal Adams deal where I got a guy I'm playing $20 million and that ain't worth the value to me. Put him over there. Put Branch back there in the secondary at safety along with Epps. Your safety position increases and gets better. Your cornerbacks, I don't know how much of a drop. Remember something, too. You guys asked those corners a year ago to play center field. You didn't ask them to press cover. They were center fielders, right? So I'm not going to pay Bradbury $18 million, Slay $18 million to play center field. 
And when they were asked the press coverage, they couldn't. I mean, look at how they played in the Super Bowl when they had the press. They were terrible. They were not the best duo corners in the NFL last year. You can never tell me you had the best corners in the NFL when you don't play any press coverage. You play zone all day. How do you know? Ten may be high, Peter, for him. Trade down. Trade down to 14 and pick him. Get a value pick out of him. Well, he's rated the seventh best defensive player. Now, that probably puts him down around 14 or 15. Trade down there. Remember something. Always remember this. Unless you have the first pick and you're the Bears, you don't know who you're taking. Now, the Bears aren't probably picking a quarterback, but I say the Bears are trading. I think they want Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter and Hardgrave. Ends all the Bears' problems. You get Carter on a rookie deal and you play Hardgrave. And when Hardgrave's deal gets too rich, you jettison his ass and you pay Carter. That's how they're thinking in Chicago. You understand? That's why it makes sense Chicago for Hardgrave. Hardgrave, you pay him the 18. Two years with an option, three-year deal. You bring in Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter's deal expires. You jettison Hardgrave when he's at the top end of his contract, and he's 34. And you address your two D tackle position right away. Carter and Hardgrave in Chicago, <laughs> you're getting places. You're, you're going places here. Joey Porter Jr. is ranked eighth. Physical, I talked to Manny Diaz about him. And I've told you this, Manny Diaz is a former University of Miami head football coach. Smart, as you would expect. Um, decent hands. You know what, though? Kind of gets lost at times. Kind of gets lost at times. Back there sometimes with complex passing schemes. And you got to remember something about corners in the, in, in the Big Ten. Name me a corner from the Big Ten right now that you went like this. Man, this guy's fantastic. Name me one. Who do they play? Who are the elite players they play against? Wide receivers. Ohio State, Penn State, and then who? You really think these cornerbacks in the Big Ten play against a lot of elite guys like they do in the Southeastern Conference? The Justin Jeffersons, the Calvin Ridleys, the Devontae Smiths, the Jalen Waddles. They play those guys on a daily basis, in a weekly basis. You're going against premium players every week. That's why that stupid shit that you, you, you draft a guy out of North Dakota State, never in a million years would I. Who are they playing against? 
Who's their competition? I want to play, and I want to have guys on my team that play against elite players every Sunday, Saturday, whatever. Look, look at you guys have to name me old-timey guys like Troy Vincent. Okay, I mean, who's, who? I mean, right? Ramsey's a Florida State guy, if I'm not mistaken. Porter runs a 4-5. That's 4-5 plus. That's not spectacular. When you're 4-3-4-4, shit, Neil Smith from Georgia, the edge rusher, ran a 4-3. I mean, 4-5 plus, you're not impressing me. The kid Ringo, not very good hands. But, you know, he's an aggressive guy. Yeah, see, when I watch Joey Porter and I watch him on film, I don't know, man, he, he don't look that quick to me. He looks more like a safety to me. Honestly, Joey Porter looks more like a safety. I, I don't think the kids, I don't know. I If I'm going to draft anybody, I'm going to draft the Illinois kid because Lovey drafted him or recruited him, and I'm going to take the um, the kid Gonzalez. Porter just doesn't look fast to me. He looks more like a safety. Cam Smith, South Carolina. Look, another Southeastern Conference corner. Uh, he's good. See, when you play against Kentucky, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, Hooker, and you're going down the line and you're playing against these elite dudes, Bryce Young. You're playing against these top guys every freaking week. If you're at South Carolina, you're playing Kentucky. You're playing AM. You're playing Georgia. You're playing Tennessee. You're playing against all these elite guys. That's game film for me. Like Dan Campbell says, dude's showing up in pajamas and blowing the doors off. What do you want again, Jordan Davis? Hey, Jordan looked great in shorts. And he was great jumping on boxes. Last year, though, 13th pick, not really. We'll give him a chance, Sills. Yeah, okay. The kid Lloyd down in Jacksonville, he looked damn good. The kid um, McDuffie up in um, Washington who plays in Kansas City, he looked pretty good. Starts for the world champion Chiefs. Okay, when you're playing, hey, one of the reasons why when we were at Miami and I'm playing against first round draft choices every day, when we got on the Saturday fields, you weren't better than my 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 first teams. I'm playing against Alonzo Highsmith, who was the third player taken, Vinny Testaverde, who was the first player taken, playing against an old an old line where three guys in the line went in the first three rounds, the center went in the first round, Ricosi. And they're playing against the entire defensive line who went in the top 50 picks. Three first-rounders and one second. Shit, today I'd be considered a second because I'd be the 56th player taken. I'd be a second-rounder today. My junior year. 
Cortez Kennedy and Russell Maryland, we're playing ones on ones. Saturdays came, you weren't better than my team. That's why we killed everyone. I'm playing against all Americans and first round draft choices every day for two hours scrimmaging. I get in a game Saturday against East Carolina, that ain't going to work. <laughs> 4 4 2 is excellent. You know, I was shocked that he's only 180, but that's all right. He's a corner. Okay, that's all right. Uh, and Deontay Banks, Maryland, defensive back. It's funny they got him listed as both a corner and a safety. So your top 10 defensive players, Jalen Carter, Georgia, one. Will Anderson, Bama, two. Tyree Wilson, Texas Tech, three. Miles Murphy, Clemson, four, edge. Christian Gonzalez, Oregon, corner. Devon Witherspoon, Illinois, corner, six. Brian Branch, Bama, safety, seven. Joey Porter, Jr., eight, Penn State, corner. Cam Smith, South Carolina, cornerback, nine. Deontay Banks, Maryland, DB. One ACC guy. Let me see how many Southeastern Conference guys are in the top ten here. One, two, three, four. Four guys from the Southeastern Conference are in the top ten best defensive players with all the kids in the country. Jesus, criminy. Never ends down there. It never ends. I'll never. If it were me, here's the conference that I would. <clears throat> remember, you've got to play the law of averages when you're drafting. What's the conferences? Here, check this out. Am I gonna re, am I gonna recruit a quarterback? Um, a corner. Am I gonna recruit a cornerback in the Big Twelve? Not really. Those barn doors are so wide open in that conference, they play no defense. They play zero defense. How do I know they're good? How do I know the wide receivers are good? You know, people go, CeeDee Lamb is great. CeeDee Lamb's a good ball player. He couldn't start on Alabama's team. You think he could start down there with Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell? CeeDee Lamb? I don't think so. I think he'd be the third dude down there. I'm not saying he's not a good player. He's a good player, but he's not those dudes. Big 10? Really? I told you this the other day. Big 10 running back, Zeke Elliott and who? You take, if you take Michigan and Ohio State and Penn State out of the Big 10, what are you recruiting? It's like Conference USA. Iowa, Indiana, Northwestern. I'm not saying there's not good players, but I mean, really? My averages are going to be, dude, I got a better chance of landing on a guy at Kentucky than I do at Illinois. The only reason there's guys at Illinois is because Lovey recruited them. I mean, look at the Pac-12, Southern Cal, When's the last defensive guy they've produced? I can't think of one. I mean, seriously, a superstar defensive guy at a USC. I don't know. Since Pete Carroll and Ed Ogeron were there, I, that's not been a place you go. Actually, a lot of the kids from Southern California and Los Angeles area are going to the SEC. They're not 
they're not staying in Southern California anymore. Why? There's no competition. Huff. Okay. Great. <laughs> Hour number two. By the way, my friend, Tim Brando. We're going to talk some college sports with him. Get his thoughts on the combines. You guys have been fantastic. By the way, Big Seals is taking the week off next week. It's my first time that I'm going to have a vacation on Jacob. Since I started doing this, it's going to be almost two years now. So this is the last hour for a week for Big Sills. So please do me a favor. Hit the like button. Hour number three, Tim Brando will join us. Keep it here on the National Football Show. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Hi, everybody. My name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Jeff D'Ambrosio doesn't need a special event to appreciate his customers. Jeff shows his appreciation to them every day of the year. Jeff makes sure to stock more new inventory than anyone and guarantees prices and payments that nobody can beat. There are so many reasons that thousands of customers know Jeff is the easy, friendly place to do business. More for their trades. No judgment zone for credit issues. The best, most reliable service department in the country. That's why I like Jeff, and I know you will too. Jeff will satisfy you every day. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, Owner Appreciation Event. We all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Plan your day with confidence. Keep the umbrellas on hand. With action news and AccuWeather. Numerous tornadoes. Your go-to team when severe weather strikes. The water is still rising. Keeping you prepared wherever you watch. Action news and AccuWeather. The team you trust.
National Football Show, final hour of the program. Appreciate you guys coming aboard. Chip Kelly signs a contract extension with UCLA. It's where he belongs. It's where he belongs. You got to remember something about guys like Saban and um, Chip Kelly. It's personnel issues that ended their opportunities in the NFL. Think about what's something when it comes to Nick Saban. By the way, I, I would have probably have done the same thing. So Nick had his choice when he was at the Miami Dolphins. I was there. And he had his choice. Dante Culpepper, Drew Brees. Dr. Andrews in Alabama put this guy back together like Humpty Dumpty. Nobody thought Drew Brees. As a matter of fact, he was cut by the Chargers after that injury. They sent him on his way. He was. People forget Drew Brees was a pro bowler with the Chargers. I mean, and the big decision came down between A.J. Smith and Marty Schottenheimer. Marty wanted to trade Drew or um, Philip Rivers and keep Brees. But A.J. drafted, because he's the personnel guy, drafted Phillip Rivers. Rivers is a good quarterback. I'm not taking anything away from Phillip, but Brees is better. So when the personnel decision came down, he went with Culpepper. Had a knee injury. It wasn't anything in his arm. Didn't think it'd affect him. He's a UCF guy. Nick, Nick, Nick went with, with that, that move right there. Ended his time as an NFL head coach. It ended his time. Plus, he had to answer to GMs. And do you know Nick Saban had a staff of like 35 people in Miami? He's cut that thing down in half at Alabama. In half. Too many voices in the room creates confusion, not clarity. Most staffs in the NFL have 25 coaches on it. You know, in New England, they have 13 there's one voice. That, to me, is a better way to go. I don't want 700 different opinions on something. Get this. If your ass is on the line or my ass is on the line for something, do you think I'm going to ask 800 people an opinion? Absolutely not. If my career, my future is in my hands, why would I ask 700 people their opinion on something? That's the dumbest avenue to go down many coaches go down that avenue what do you think of this guy what do you think of that guy what do you think of this guy i don't give a shit i'm going to pick six people i care about their opinion and then i'm going to come down and go well me and the mirror are going to go have a conversation we'll make the decision there's only really the mirror and me make the decision not you especially when my ass is on the line And get this, if I sink my ship, I sink my ship. And I go down, Sills, you failed. Well, at least I did it. And 10 other people didn't do it. That's like one of the worst things in broadcasting. You got 700 people giving you 700 different opinions. And when the shit doesn't work, they blame the host. Get out of the way. Been doing this 40 years almost. I know what's up. And if it sucks, it sucks. No harm, no foul. Too many people, I mean, 
Mike McCoy is a great example of that. Mike McCoy was the former head coach of the Chargers. This guy's asking the guy that cleans the waste paper basket, what do you think? I mean, I was like, I saw him asking dumb. I was like, man, I would never. I wouldn't give a shit 10 seconds about what that guy's opinion was on anything. I've got to make this. I'll tell you something. That's why Howie probably controls it more because he's got more. It's on him. Because it's on Howie. You know, I said this the other day to you, and it's playing itself out more when Nick said that when, hey, and you know, people, by the way, don't forget Tim Brando, bottom of the hour. That's why at the end of the, um, you know, press conference the other day when Sirianni was talking and he said this, yeah, when I got hired in Philly, I didn't know half the coaching staff. Right there, nutshell, I knew immediately how he hires all the assistant coaches. Nick's got input, but no say. Everybody in Philly, you know what's crazy? Even people on my network think that Sirianni has a say in the coaching staff. Nick said it at the Combines. He didn't know the staff, half the staff. Well, if I don't know half the staff, how can you be picking your linebacker coach if you've never met him before? So you're telling me that half the Eagle coaching staff, when Nick Sirianni was hired to be the head coach, he had to have an introduction to him? (laughs) Well, that was an epiphany. Their lives were Howie, like I told you, this is how Howie does it. Nick will have input. He'll put 35 people down on a piece of paper that Nick may know or not know. Nick will go, yeah, I know him. No, I know him. You know where most of those guys came from? Where did they come from? You got to remember something about Sirianni. Nick Sirianni is from the Frank Wright coaching tree. He's not from anything else but the Frank Wright coaching tree. Gannon and Steichen, Indianapolis. All these guys were in Indy with Frank or had worked with Frank in San Diego when the Chargers were in San Diego. This all goes around. Frank Wright told you the other day when he was on the program two weeks ago or a week ago that he was going to potentially be the OC of the Eagles. Why? Because the owner loves him. And the head coach signs off on it. But how he loves him. Who did they ask for? Who recommended Nick Sirianni to be the Eagle head coach? It was Frank Reich. Frank, they value Frank's opinion so much that they took what he said to hire Nick Sirianni. Tell me he won't ever be considered to be the head coach of the Eagles if something goes sideways. And I love how people always do this. Well, Nick ain't going anywhere. Yeah, no one thought Doug Peterson was either. Nobody in a million years thought Doug Peterson was going to be fired. Did you? Hey, remember I said this topic yesterday to you guys? Hey, if you had to put this on a chalkboard, that would be something that would have to, what would you rather, what, what would you have a better chance of? Your head being sewn to the floor or seeing Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz after they won the Super Bowl, no longer Eagles. Doug Peterson wins the Super Bowl 
first championship since 1960, and you fire him. And now he goes down to Jacksonville, and he's in line to be the coach of the year, and he wins a division title and a playoff game and turns around Trevor Lawrence. He's a great coach. They fired him. They would fire Nick in a minute. You know why? Because he's a spe- he's a guy that he could be another casualty like Doug. They don't look at coaches. They look at coaches like players. Interchangeable pieces. Now, do they like him? Absolutely. But Nick really doesn't have a lot of say in the building. It's Howie. This is his game. Personnel decisions. Coaching decisions. Head coaching decisions. Free agency. Drafting. Trading. Jalen Hurts' contract. All is in the name of Howie Roseman's game. There's nothing he's not tied to. That's why sometimes, in my opinion, that's why sometimes some things go sideways with the Eagles. And that's why he's got to build. Howie doesn't build football teams for a long period. He's never. He has never built. And by the way, this formula has been put intact since Joe Banner. This is how they did business with Joe Banner and Andy. Banner was the mouthpiece for the owner. Pass that baton over to Howie. Howie gets a three-year contract extension. Deservedly so. But he keeps an eye on the team for the owner. What's going on in personnel? Okay. Tells the owner. What's going on in coaching? Well, you know, looks like the two coordinators are going to get. Hey, and, and think of this for, for, for another, before we move on here. Think of this. So when, when Frank was on last week and he said he had conversations with the Eagles on being the offensive coordinator. What were those conversations? That was a week after the Super Bowl we had Frank on. Are you telling me you were talking to Frank Reich during the buy the NFC championship game? Potentially being the OC? You knew something was up? Or were you going to replace Steichen? Or what? Were you going to be a consultant? Frank Reich was going to join the Eagle staff come hell or high water if he didn't get that Carolina job because how he wanted him, and so did the owner. You see, that kind of slipped by all your minds. When Frank said that, was it the buy of the Super Bowl or was it the buy of the NFC Championship that Frank was referencing that he had talked to the owner and the GM about being the coordinator of the team? Nothing had been mentioned or nothing was public that Steichen was going to get the Colts job. Unless that was already agreed upon. Unless Ursay agreed upon it. That Steichen. You know what's funny too? All the shit that went on between Frank Reich and Jim Ursay, isn't it funny? Shane Steichen's the head football coach of the Indianapolis Colts. And Howie Roseman dealt Carson Wentz to the Colts. Couldn't have had that much of an ass with the Eagles. And they got a one-off him. 
Ursay must really respect the Philadelphia Eagle front office. I mean, look at how that, like, all goes in circles. Frank recommended Sirianni. Frank must have recommended, and Sirianni must have recommended Steichen for the head coaching job. And there was a gentleman's agreement because Frank was going to be the OC. You learn that here. You see, the thing in Philadelphia, the Eagles give their market crumbs. And the little meese known as media people in Philly take the crumbs and they only give them crumbs. Shit, I learn more about the Eagles at the combines and the draft than I do about anything I read or hear. Because the Eagles don't tell you anything. They, 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 they own the local market. They feed them shit. And that's why, you know, they handpick certain guys with credentials and this and that. You can't ask too many psycho questions or get banished to the toilet room or the broom closet, the Chip Kelly broom closet. <laughs> oh, the web we weave. I think Howie has a little more power with drafting players. Are you kidding me? The Latin. Th this guy has complete autonomy on who he wants. By the way, <clears throat> because he has control of who he drafts, it's because he has control of the coordinators. He hired Sean Desai. Desai. He elevated Brian Johnson. So when he picks the players, he picked the coach, the players, the scheme, everything is a direct result of him. When, when, when people say, is Howie involved in game day operations and game day decision-making? Not indirectly, but he is. It's the system he wants. It's the players he wants. It's the coach he wants. It's the style of play he wants. It's up to the coaches to get that and cross those, those streams to make sure that everything connects. And Sirianni connected it. Chip couldn't. Chip Kelly would have made it in Philly if he had done one thing. You know what that was? Worked with Howie. He, he effed up. He needed to work with Howie instead of banishing him. And when he banished him, same thing he did with Trent Belke up in uh, San Francisco. And that's why he's a college coach. He's a college coach because he banned Trent Belke and Howie Roseman. That's why he'll never get another NFL opportunity again ever. Is because those coordinators are just like coaches. The fraternity, they all talk. This guy's a dick. He is a jerk to work with. And that's why he's in college at UCLA signing that extension. Hey, by the way, turning UCLA around, what's that, eight and five? I mean, UCLA has to have the most money of any program in the country. And they're happy when you go eight and five. Don't ever have me go or recruit them, knock on my door, eight and five, not working. Okay, what does that mean? I'm in the 
I'm in the Citrus Bowl? No, thank you. <laughs> Big Seals play. Oh, yeah, well, they play on New Year's now. That's the Sun Bowl now. Now, Big Seals don't play in the Sun Bowl. <laughs> hey, no, hey, no disrespect to anybody, but Big Seals don't play in the Sun Bowl. <laughs> Seals are going to play in the December 22nd. No, no, I only play on January 1. <laughs> Uh-uh. No, I I only play I only play on New Year's. <laughs> hey Dan, there's a December 7th, December what? 17th? Not working. <laughs> I'm transferring. <laughs> I play on blue carpet and I play on December 17th. What is that? The Frito Chip Bowl? I'm out. <laughs> you, you you hey, Chip got a contract extension at UCLA. Big deal. <laughs> they don't have any expectations at UCLA. They care about their hoop program. Give a shit about the football team. What have they ever been good? Right? Yeah. Hey, uh, my C Chip got a contract extension. Great. He goes seven and six and get one there. And play in the December 17th Frito Lay Bowl. Nah. Hey, Seals, you're going to be playing in like um, Lucky Charms Bowl. Shit, man. <laughs> what date is that? December 20th. Not happening. <laughs> Not happening. <laughs> only on New Year's, baby. Big Seals only plays on New Year's. <laughs> Here are the top safeties. Position that the Eagles might want to look at. Now, get this. Most of these guys are day two dudes. Okay? Most of them are day two. So, you know, 62, 92, somewhere in there. I think you're going to get compensation picks. You probably get that fourth rounder back that you lost in the Quinn deal, depending on what free agent goes where and how much money he signs for. Bradbury, Sayamalo, Hardgrave's going to bring you a nice deal. Could bring you a third rounder. You know, I'm telling you, the Eagles might get a couple threes. They might get two threes. I don't know what the rule is on that, but Hardgrave's going to sign a max deal. So you're going to get a third rounder for that. Bradbury's going to bring you at least a third or fourth. Um, I don't know what the other guy – Sam Amalo might bring you a good one too. Okay, Sam Amalo might bring you a, a good one. So you might be able to get some of these guys that are good ball players. They're just not first rounders. Now, as we mentioned, the kid Brian Branch from Bama is a top 10 guy, seventh – rated guy defensively um, in in the draft and at the Combines right now. This kid, Antonio Johnson, Texas A&M, he's also projected to be a first-rounder. I don't know if he goes into one. And I don't know if he goes in the first round. Okay, I don't. I, I, I think he probably could go at the top of the second. Jamie Robinson, dude, FSU Cornerbacks and safeties. Are you good with them? Boy, I am. Boy, I am. They're all good. They produce really good secondary guys. They're an edge rushers over the last couple of years. FS, this kid Jamie Robinson's good too. Mike Norville's done a nice job of recruiting. FSU's on its way back. Okay? FSU's rolling back. You're, 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 you know, Dumbo Fisher left that program in ruin. 
The cabinets were completely bare. And Dumbo Fisher left that thing in ruin. Oh, well, hey, not only Derwin James, Jalen Ramsey, man, they got a bunch of dudes in the league. Just had a Hall of Famer going, Leroy Butler, last year. They produce him. J.K. Skinner, Boise State. They got this kid ranked fourth. I'm like, eh, Boise State. Really? Boise State, guys? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, right? Again, there you go. North Dakota State, Boise State. Who's the best player out of Boise State? Let me think. Kellen Moore? Who's the best player to ever come out of Boise State? Who, who's like the best player? I think they had an old lineman guy. I, I can't, I mean. Right? Get my point? Boise State. Jay Ajay. Okay. Jay Ajay is their best player. Macklin. Jermaine, okay. He's a good player. Hightower went to Bama. Um, how about another Illinois guy, day two guy, another another lovey guy, Sidney Brown, Illinois. Illinois had some hitters in that secondary. That secondary was pretty damn good, dude. And this kid, Sidney Brown's good. He's a second-day guy, early guy, too. He could go early in the second round. You get him down in round three or four, I'm taking that kid. Jordan Battle from Bama. Can't go wrong with Bama guys. Can't go wrong with Bama guys. Um, Well-coached, elite. Every one of these guys were five-star. You mean you go to Bama, you're a five-star kid at birth. Quentin Macklin, who? These are, these are top safeties. Jai, Jai Ayer Brown from Penn State. Manny likes him a lot. A day two guy. Chris Smith, Georgia. Day two dude. These are safeties. Brandon Joseph, Notre Dame. Man, do I have a problem with Notre Dame, guys. Let me think of Notre Dame. Is Notre Dame producing NFL talent? Zach Martin. No quarterbacks. Wide receivers? Linebackers? Jalen Smith. No. D-line? Linebackers? Who? What does Notre Dame produce? You want to know why Notre Dame doesn't win national titles? Look at the draft. Joe Montana. So you got to go back 40 years. Okay. I'm talking today. Like Zach Martin. Manti Teo. Claypool. Okay. 
These are dudes. Kyle Randolph or Rudolph, I don't know. Kind of good. No, you, you look what Brian just said. Notre Dame produced last great player, Jerome Bettis. You know why? They were prop 46 kids, kids who were not qualifiers. That's how Holtz won the national title. They had a thing called Prop 46, or maybe it was called Prop 38, where they got kids who were not qualifiers and they accepted them in Notre Dame. After three years, they stopped that. That's why, that's why Holtz left Notre Dame because he wasn't going to get those players anymore. You ever notice why the Ricky Waters and the Jerome Bettises, those guys aren't coming out of Notre Dame anymore? Well, can't get them in school anymore. Those guys can't go to school there like that. All those dudes, the kid that played with the Giants, Justin Tuck and all them guys, those guys were Prop 48 guys. Those Prop 48 went away, Notre Dame went away. Notre Dame hasn't been relevant since Lou Holtz. Why? They're, they're Stanford of the Midwest. They're good, but could never be great. But yet, because their, their helmet and their logo and their brand is so huge, their brand is bigger than their than their program right now. That's kind of in some aspects Miami's problem. Their brand is bigger than their program. Now you got to get back to equaling that. Notre Dame could never. Why do you think Chip Ke- or Brian Kelly left Notre Dame? He left it for the Southeastern Conference. Why? Money and a chance to win. Significant wins. You know, Brian Kelly's the all-time leading winner at Notre Dame with no national title. He'll never be considered with Parsegian or Holtz or Rockney or any of them dudes that won national titles and Hall of Fame coaches. He'll never be in that conversation. Ever. Never, ne- never thought of like that. No- Notre Dame, Notre Dame is not a place, you know, when I was recruited to go to Notre Dame, and this was back when they were still getting kind of good players. But everyone said it to me. A guy by the name of Reggie Brooks who was there. And I'm trying to think of the other guy that was there. Tony Banks. They told me, he goes, hey, you want to be an All-American? You come to Notre Dame. You want to win games? You don't come here. And it was facts. We beat the living shit out of that team by 51 points. They were never in our conversation. Shane says, disagree with you. Hurts take the reason Kansas City couldn't keep Hill was because he wanted to be the highest paid instead of taking a respectable deal. That's exactly what I said. He took a why should he take less money? Why, why should the wide receiver take less money? He got a $25 million contract in Miami. That's why they couldn't keep him. That's the fact. Respectable deal. So you want to put it on the player? It's the system. Don't hate the player. Hate the game. That's what the Eagles are going to go through. The Eagles are going to go through the same thing. It's not the player. It's the game. This is not a Hurts thing. This is an NFL thing. This is what keeps parity in the league. Your 2024 roster will be sliced in half. You're going to look like the Kansas City Chiefs. And you better hope that Jalen can deliver what Patrick Mahomes can with no wide out, no running back, half your O-line, and Dallas Goddard. 
So what? You think that Andy Reid is any less smarter than Howie and them dudes? He's got a generational player. That's why that works. Jalen Hurts is not a generational player. He's a good player. He's not Mahomes. He's not a general. How about this? Wait, I'll back up on that, and I'll say this to you. We're going to find out if he's a generational player or not. When there's no AJ, there's no Devontae, and Lane's gone, Jason Kelsey's gone, and all you have is Landon and Malata. We'll find out. Because I can't make that proclamation because I don't have a crystal ball. All I have is what happens in the league every year. That's what I go by. See, that's not an opinion. That's what happens. That, that's what happens every year. That's right, Charlie. Time is going to tell. Here, 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 here. Watch this. Baltimore's trying to figure that out. I think Lamar's going to win a Super Bowl in Baltimore. But here, how many people think Lamar Jackson is going to win a Super Bowl in Baltimore? How many people think? At 51 million. Nah, I don't know. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think so. Okay. I don't know. How many people think um, Joe Burrow, once they do his contract and they start losing T. Higgins? And uh, what's, his, what's his name? Joe Mixon? Hey, yeah, watch this. How do you think Joe Burrow's going to look without T. Higgins and um, Joe Mixon? How do you think that's going to look? A little different? You got to elevate your game is right. Nobody's given up on Jordan Davis. Nobody said that. I said he's not the 13th pick. Des goes he won't win a Super Bowl, but Jalen will with a lesser team? Pretty rich. 70 sacks, gone. All those guys are gone. You know what's funny? Here on March 3rd, here's your defense. Jordan Davis, Milton Williams, Josh Sweat, Hassan Reddick, Nicobe Dean, Darius Slay, Blankenship. <laughs> those that's your defense. Sounds good. Yeah, well, there's four other positions that you haven't filled. Nicobe Dean sounds good. Why would you say Nicobe Dean sounds good? How do you know he can play? He couldn't even get on the field. And you know what people are saying to me? And I heard Barrett say this. Um, Xander, I heard Barrett say this. I have no, I think Jordan's going to really play well. Well, if that was the case, why'd they get Linville Joseph and Sue? They got two of them? 
they must not have been very happy with the play of the kid. Well, he was hurt. You know, when he came back, he was a non-factor. Zero sacks. I had a better rookie year. I, I, I posted it. I had a better rookie year. <laughs> My rookie year sucked. I had like 25 or 30 tackles or something like that. But you guys are going to go be Dean's good. Okay. He was hurt. Well, what happened when he came back and got killed in the Super Bowl? He was knocked off the ball in the Super Bowl. And dude, an ankle injury? Seriously, what is he, paper mache? So he gets an ankle injury and sucks the rest of the year when he comes back. So much so, the Eagles have to go to the ice cream store. And they have to go get two dudes standing at the ice cream store. Hey, can you play DT? <laughs> and he couldn't get any playing time. So you could beat two 35-year-old guys out. Okay. And you're the 13th pick? You better pick your game up, son. He'll make 30 a year. AJ literally said on an interview, he knows he'll have to take a pay cut once we pay Smith. These guys... Don't have egos. No. That's right, because A.J. Brown has been showing you he doesn't have an ego. Right. I'm sure his agent loved that comment. <laughs> That's good fodder for today. Because you know why? He don't have to take a pay cut today or tomorrow. We'll see when that pops up. Because A.J., doesn't speak his mind, and he has no ego. A.J. Smith has no ego, or A.J. Brown has no ego. Okay. Yeah. Where'd that came from? <laughs> Not A.J. Brown. <laughs> Not him. He has no ego. I'll take a pay cut for the betterment of the team. Saying it two years before he has to do it. Pretty rich. <laughs> hey, right. Hey, hey Xander. Two, three years from now, I'll take a pay cut. I'll go from $25 million to 24.5. <laughs> Just so that we can move a little money around. But you guarantee me the other 500000 <laughs> Not an ego here. A.J. Brown has no ego. <laughs> no, no, no. No, I love it. I know I'm going to have to take a pay cut. <laughs> oh, wow. This guy's like Nostradamus, man. This guy's got like, see, three years in advance. He's getting, he's setting the table. Hey, I'll take a, I'll take a pay cut three years from now. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. I'm 31. All right. <laughs> Oh, man. Hey, newsflash, GT. I'm taking a pay cut in four years. How funny, man. Holy cow. <laughs> wow. You know, I grew up in the heyday of the Big East. You guys remember the Big East, the Big East basketball and I remember what was it, man. I'll tell you what. 
That was some of the best basketball. That was some of the best sports. When you had St. John's and you had Georgetown, you had Cuse, Providence, all those great basketball teams. The conference is kind of like getting back to where it once was before. And our friend, Tim Brando, is in Providence, Rhode Island right now. And he's getting ready for Flyers versus Seton Hall. Seton Hall, P.J. Carlissimo, why do I see this? P.J. Carlissimo, and uh, I'm, I'm, seeing, I'm, I'm seeing old school old school Big East. And by the way, don't forget, next week on Fox, Big East basketball tournament, once again at the legendary Madison Square Garden, our friend Tim Brando. Tim! Hello there! Man, I mean, that brings back some great memories, man, of what that conference has been like. And, hey, just tell me, in your opinion, where is it today? Obviously not like it was in its heyday, but where is it today? Well, Dan, no no league is like it was in its heyday. You know, we, we can't bring the 80s back when, you know, the, the 30 for 30 documentary Requiem of the Big East, and they're doing a, a documentary now on the SEC in the 80s, and I was there for that in college basketball, and it was incredible then. Same was true with the ACC. Every league, college basketball really – uh, became a very big deal post Bird and Magic uh, in 1979. And then, of course, 80, 81, 82, there were great Final Fours. And when they started being played in domes, it it, it made a, an even bigger impression when Jordan hit the shot 41 years ago. That was the second Final Four that I attended. And um, as, a bro- as a broadcaster, I was credentialed for it. I've only missed three Final Fours, uh, notwithstanding COVID, um, in, in 2020 since then, you know, when you think about it, um, and I heard you, what you're saying about the old big East, but this new big East has the, the new entries to thank. Okay. St. John's and Georgetown have been down for quite some time. Patrick Ewing is probably going to take a $10 million settlement and leave Georgetown at the end of this season. Um, Mike Anderson's job is in jeopardy. I think he needs to make an impression. Uh, with St. John's in this tournament coming up. But if you look at uh, you look at teams that have come into the league, uh, the, the new reformation of it, all right, with Xavier, with uh, Creighton, with Butler. I mean, these are all teams that have made significant runs. And uh, and right now, if you, if you see Marquette, that's another team that was not in the Big East. Al McGuire never coached in a big East game. Okay. What, what, so, was, was, wasn't that, wasn't that um, independent? Were they independent back when coach? Yeah. Was yeah, there? yeah. They were independent and, and other league was, uh, and Butler was in the horizon with, uh, league when they went to the two final fours, you know, in 2010 and 2011. Uh, it's, it's just a, it's just a, an incredible conference now with, I would, I believe five different teams. Okay. Because Connecticut is back in the league now and playing at a very high level under Danny Hurley. Uh, and Sean Miller is having his second act at, at Xavier. They're number two in the league. Uh, Marquette sewed up the, the, the regular season title with Shaka Smart at Marquette. They've got five teams that could all go to the Final Four if they get the right draw. They're athletic enough. They're deep enough. They're talented enough. And now when you look at Villanova, who's been the banner carrier you know, for the league with Jay Wright with the two Final Fours in four seasons – before retiring last year, and of course, winning two national championships going into the Final Four last year, they were hurt from the jump this year. They did not have Justin Moore from that Achilles injury last year. They only recently got him back. They Right after they got him back, they get two quad one wins, 
they're looking they could win the big east conference tournament and be a bid stealer for another uh, team that's that's hoping to get in as an at large they probably have to win the tournament to get in but it wouldn't shock anybody to see villanova do that so uh, the other five teams i think could all make it as at larges but uh the only thing that's different between the Big East and the Big Ten and the Big 12, which I believe are the two best conferences in college basketball, is they don't have the same number of teams that the Big 12 and the Big Ten have. You know, they, they've got 11 clubs. That's all. You know, the others have a lot of teams, a lot more teams. And that's why they're going to get nine or possibly, you know, the Big Ten's talking about even 10 teams. But, but the Big East is just as good top to bottom. They just don't have as many teams in their league as – as the power five football uh, conferences do. Tim is Madison square garden still a selling point for programs oh. like Nova. And cause to me yeah. playing in big venues, I mean, that's something that I wanted to do. You know, the, one of the reasons mm-hmm. I chose Miami was we went everywhere and played in all those big venues. Is that still a selling point for oh, the yeah. conference? Yeah. I think one of the great things that happened and I applaud both Mike Oresco who was the outgoing Big East commissioner, uh, who stayed with the teams that were interested in in football when they formed the American Conference. And the Big East then bought the rights to both the title of the conference, the Big East, and to the, uh, the venue, Madison Square Garden. They wanted desperately to keep Madison Square Garden as the home of their conference tournament. And you know what? Um, I've, I've had the good fortune of calling conference tournaments in a lot of other places through my years, nationally and working regionally, too. Uh, the ACC without Greensboro is not the same. Yeah. Uh, the, the SEC is now in Nashville, and they're creating a little something special. But for years, they were playing in the Georgia Dome, and that was just a hallowed hall. People got lost in it for a period of time. There is no venue that means more to a conference tournament than Madison Square Garden means to the Big East. And those kids play at a level that's just higher for conference tournaments because they're in that building. You know, a lot of the teams go into conference tournaments now, Dan, knowing they're going to get in the NCAAs. Hell, some coaches will even tell you, you know, if I don't make the finals of the of the Big Ten tournament, you know, that's on a Sunday, and that quick turnaround, if I'm going to play on Thursday, Saturday in the NCAAs, I probably could do better for my team if we just didn't make the finals. You know what I mean? You even yeah. hear that from coaches sometimes. You never hear that in the Big East. I mean, those teams desperately want to win in MSG, and and you do feel it. You know, as a broadcaster, uh, I stepped in there. It was a rather dubious start for me. Uh, I was calling the game between Creighton and St. John's in the um, quarterfinals when COVID hit. And uh, I remember they canceled called. the second half, right? Yeah. Yeah. We were the last game going. There was no confetti coming down when that season <laughs> ended. Uh, no, Brando's calling this one, not Jim, Jim Nance. And there was, we don't, we, we're calling the game. But uh, the, I came back in 21. Georgetown had a horrible season. Patrick Ewing brought in his Hoyas. They had, they were the last seed. They win four in a row, and they go to the NCAA tournament. And that was my first experience with, you know, um, the tournament. And no no fans were there. That was the year that the Garden was closed down. Okay? Yeah. The, only the media and uh, select fans uh, were able to go. 
So the, the following year in 22, last year was the first full treatment that I got of the Big East tournament since joining up with Fox. And I got to tell you, it was awesome. Absolutely awesome. And, and that's, again, comparing doing SEC tournament games in the 80s when the sport was really going crazy and Kentucky was playing Arkansas with Nolan Richardson and, yeah. and Patino going at it. Those were great moments, and, and, uh, and I will always remember them. But when you go in for the first round games, okay, last year we had Xavier, who did not get in the NCAAs, playing um, Butler, and, and Xavier absolutely had to win the game to get a bid. They were on the bubble, squarely on the bubble. We got a rating of all, one of the highest ratings ever for a first-round tournament game uh, in the Big East, that, that particular game, and the crowd was going wild, and the place was juiced. Three quarters full for a for a Wednesday game at at, at uh, one o'clock, you know, Eastern time. That blew me away. Absolutely blew me away. So, it is a special place and a special tournament, no doubt about it. Absolutely, Tim. You 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 have the fortune of being kind of like the godfather now of college sports, both basketball and football. And I lean on you for this. Do you think college sports now? Is it a better place with the new nil rule and what you're seeing in college football with the kids getting compensated? Um, I don't want to load the question for you. Just your spin on what you think where college sports is now. I think we're in a lot better place than many would have you believe. Absolutely. Uh, NIL in and of itself is actually quite good. I mean, you're seeing players that the the, the argument against college basketball for a number of years was uh, the one and done. And that was, of course, an NBA rule that influenced college. I think a lot of fans thought it was a college rule. College, those college coaches wanted no part of one and done. Yeah. But that's when, when David Stern said you had to be 19, that meant the players needed a place to go for one year. They couldn't pull a Kobe Bryant or a LeBron James. And it, and it did hurt the college game. Uh, now you see a guy like Oscar Sheepway of Kentucky get a $2 million NIL deal, and he stays in Lexington. Uh, he could have gone to the NBA last year, and frankly, without him, uh, with even with him, they were they were struggling this year. But I think they're and they've solidified a bid now, just because of what they've done to Tennessee. They probably solidified a bid, sweep, sweeping them. But I do think NIL for both football and basketball, Dan, is a really good thing. We just have to regulate, okay, the transfer portal in conjunction with the NIL. That's the problem. That's the concern. It's a legitimate concern. Uh, and, of course, most of this impacts the coaches who have had their way for years, okay? It's been, it's been all about the coaches since the beginning of time in college football. Well, now the coaches are having to adjust, to adjust and adapt, and I think that's a good thing. All of us in our vocations from time to time have to adjust and adapt, or we get left, you know, uh, sitting on the dock of the bay watching the sails the sailboats roll away. You know, you got to do that. I think, Dan, what we need to have happen here is the people that are governing college football, especially uh, the basketball thing has been operating pretty well because the coaches are in charge of most of the NIL. As an example, um, the SEC is doing it systematically through their institutions with the collectibles. You're aware of what's going on at Miami, too. Yep. Uh, the infrastructure of the schools are handling it. But in basketball, especially at places out on the West Coast, for instance, I was talking with uh, their head coach, 
uh, I think the world of, um, of, of UCLA's uh, basketball coach, who's been, you know, just amazing everywhere he's been, uh, Nick Cronin. And I asked Nick about NIL and he said, well, I'm handling that. I'm, huh. I got, I've got that taken care of. And you know what? I, I get that because UCLA in and of itself as an athletic department is not going to provide for him what the SEC might provide, SEC schools might provide for their coaches. So Mick's thought is, I'll just take care of this myself, okay, and I'll be in charge. I'll make sure that uh, Jaime Jaquez and these other guys, you know, get what what they deserve and that they might be able to be in a a better position. So he gets a handful of guys uh, that are alums, and, and USC's done the same thing. You know, Leonard and Bush and those guys are involved in what's going on with USC. But if the schools don't get on board with this in certain conferences because of the culture of, of where they live and that kind of thing, they're going to be in trouble. They're going to be in major trouble. Uh, they got to get up with the times here a little bit. I think most schools have. Um, but we need to, as I said, regulate the transfer portal because I don't think any of us want to see – you know, a guy like JT Daniels playing at a different school every year. I don't think that's good for the game at all. But I do think, for the most part, NIL is working properly. We just need to make sure that we don't have unrestricted free agency through the transfer portal. And the way we do that is by getting Congress involved in a bipartisan way. And people might say, well, Congress can't do anything. Well, they're going to have to start working together a little more now because one, one party doesn't own Washington, D.C. in the Beltway right now. So I think the commissioners of college football and those in governance in college basketball need to make sure that they get up with uh, uh, the, the new House and the new Senate and, and make sure that they come up with something to have a national regulation for um, the transfer portal so that we can control some of this nonsense that's taking place with players hopscotching around and, and, uh, and leaving athletic budgets uh, from a recruitment standpoint in ruins when they've moved, you know, four times in five years. Last question for you. College basketball works. It seems it's not a regional sport. Okay. Football has become a regional sport, Tim. SEC's dominating the world. Now they're like the premier mm-hmm. league of college football. I mean, no, I mean, you, you take Ohio state, Michigan and Penn state out of the building. That's why you got expansion coming up. The PAC 12 is going to be in trouble. Going to San Diego state's not going to help. What happened? That college football is not balanced like college basketball. I mean, you can win a national, you get invited to the college basketball tournament. You can actually win this thing. Well, that's the thing. What happened to college football was you heard me crying about the BCS and moaning and woaning and gnashing my teeth over the, the plus one, the college football playoff with four teams. First and foremost, going to 12 is the best thing that could ever happen. Okay. That, that, that means all the teams and all the, all the parts of the country that have not been uh, able to be a part of this are going to have a chance to, to be a part of it. And trust me, when we go to this 12 team format, and 12 is playing five on the home field of the five. 11 is playing six on the home field of the six and 10 at seven and nine at eight, you know, that kind of thing. We're going to build momentum of viewership for people to say, oh, that was a hell of a game. What do you think they'll do against 
you know, the, the number four seed, the number three seed, the number two seed. It won't be as easy for the, the same old teams, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, uh, and Georgia, to win it every year. It won't be because it, we'll see matchups. We'll see different matchups by virtue of having the 12-team uh, format. Now, if it happens to be that, again, uh, an SEC team wins the national championship, that's fine with me. Uh, I think, you know, the best team should win. But we need to have more teams involved taking part in it. Because up until this point, really since uh, the BCS was formed, Dan, I think most of America just checked out yeah. and said, okay, we, we know who's going to play. I can tell you right now in July who the four teams will likely be, and I guarantee you I'll get three of those four right. Well, that's not good for the game. And, and what we did was we, we diluted and diminished New Year's Day completely by, by doing what we did and allowing the NFL to schedule more games and more playoff games and steal all the thunder for the upcoming national championship. To think that teams would be playing for their conference titles and we'd be selecting two teams and then later four teams and having them play 30, 35 days after they won their last game what other sport did that kind of crap, Dan? Hey, hey, hey Tim, no, we, no we, we got we to no roll sport. here, but yeah, I think this yeah. is going to be so interesting to see how this thing plays out. By the way, folks, don't oh, forget, yeah. this weekend, Friars, Seton Hall, Tim's got the call the next week, Big East, at Madison Square Garden. You can catch all the action with my friend, Tim Brando. Tim, thank you so much for finding time. I know you just got into Providence and you did this for me. Thank you so much, my friend. Always happy to do it, Dan, and let's uh, engage again soon, okay? You got it. Travel safe, my friend. That is the legendary Tim Brando. We really appreciate him doing that. Thank you so much. Don't forget to catch him out on Fox. Guys, Big Seals will be taking some time off a little bit next week, okay? So we'll be back the following week. We really appreciate you guys. You guys were absolutely sensational. Please hit the like button. By the way, if you missed any of the Brando interview, please go back and click it and watch it a little bit later on. Xander, what a week. You guys are all great. Thank you so much. You guys are wonderful. Big Sills on a respite. Who would have thunk it, right? We'll see you in a couple Mondays. Have a great weekend. God bless. And we'll catch you on the flip side. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.